Look at Bonjour. I'm Hello. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 66, the th- third of the nearly 10 times, th- a tenth of the beast. <laughs> episode 66 of Right Act, the alternative music podcast. Shouldn't bring up, we're not a metal podcast, especially not this week. Um, I'm Stephen Hill. He's Renfrey Deadman. Hello. That's how we usually introduce ourselves and how we usually start the podcast. Mm-hmm. And then I do the musicism sting. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Uh, musicism.net are our mates. They gave us all the, If you're watching us on the YouTube channel, which theoretically it should be a possibility again quite soon. Um, by be, now. It by now. You'll be able to see all this stuff that we're talking into. I, got, I bought this computer. They're mine. The table's mine. The tea's mine. Well, anyway, some of it is the, what you're watching on. They, they got us that. Very nice of them to do that as well. Um, what they do is tutorials, video tutorials for budding musicians. If you're a singer, guitarist, or songwriter, um, go over to musicism.net. You can sign up for their courses for $9.99 a month if you're a producer as well. Should have said that. Sorry, budding Steve Albini's of the world. And uh, you get 25% off if you put the code RIOT in capitals in the checkout. Renfrey, that Hello. was the little sting. I thought I'd get it out. Get Very it done. Nice. It? Get Very out of the way. Get it done early. Um, how are you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm good. starting to feel uh, seasonal. Is it Ooh, too early It's to say beginning that? to look a lot like Christmas. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I hate talking about Christmas this early. Yeah. Um, I'm one of these people who's like, unless it's, you know, you're not allowed to talk about uh, Christmas until December. But I, I noticed my street put the lights up. Uh, got them in Selfridges. Apparently, the Christmas tree lights are up in many high street stores here yeah. in the United Kingdom. Scum. I've been having an argument <laughs> with my, not an argument, a disagreement with my girlfriend about, what, like, she wants to, the first week of November, like this week, as this podcast goes uh, out. Well, it would be today, yeah. I'd be putting my Christmas tree lights if she no. had her away. Are you mad? American. No, 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 definitely not. Not in this country. Not not over for Queen Country. I will um, keep this place looking just normal until probably like, I don't know, the 5th of December. Seems about a normal Uh, time, doesn't it? I mean, I think the first is fine, but you know. Probably the first. Yeah. Yeah. That's all good. Oh, I should say, by the way, this week we're reviewing new releases from Swans, from Neil Young and Crazy Horse, from Une Misere. From Frail Body and from Steak. Is that your order? Yep. You all right with that? No, but it's fine. Why not? Well, I'm not going to have this conversation on the on mic. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) It's because steak, uh, steak number eight, and I didn't realise that. I thought I'd save. I want to save them to the end. Who did you want to do first? Did you want to do Neil Young? I think Neil Young. Well, Neil Young's definitely bigger than Swans. He is. He is. (laughs) Um, But Swans are. For the sort of, I believe our listenership will be more interested in Swans that's than Neil true. Young. Yeah, well, that's yeah, what yeah, I yeah. think. You know, if we were, say, the Metal Hammer podcast, mm. um, Foo Fighters are bigger than um, Sabaton, but they would be more interested in Sabaton than Foo Fighters. Do you get what I'm saying, yes, Murphy? Fair. So that's sort of fair. what I thought. Fair. Maybe I'm just an idiot, and I think that you all like Swans. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I'm just, it's sort of like residual fine. leftover of people who are just going talk about kill switching games, <laughs> um, which nah. I would happily do. Nah. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's that's the order. Okay, that's sorry fine. about that. Um, so uh, what else has been going on in the world? Um, I'll tell you something that's been going on, Renfrey. Do you see this? Morrissey's weird, isn't he? 
Um, I was aware of this beforehand, but I don't know specifically what you're referring to. <laughs> right. Yeah. Morrissey um, has raised eyebrows once again, to quote the NME. Um, he... <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I just had a picture of him raising other people's eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that is weird. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Morrissey's gig um, that he did in LA, did the Hollywood Bowl in LA recently, right? And he's selling signed copies of records. Right. Nothing wrong with that. No, no. You know, no. you buy a signed vinyl of, you know, the, the Queen is Dead. Uh, mm-hmm. Or do you think he's selling I the, Am the Quarry. Do you think he's selling the Smiths well, stuff? Well, yes, I do, Renfrew, okay. because he's also selling <laughs> signed copies of albums by the likes of David Bowie, Lou Reed, Patti Smith and Iggy Pop. Not oh. signed by any of those artists, <laughs> signed by Morrissey. You can buy an Iggy Pop album signed by Morrissey. <laughs> to be fair, I, uh, I'm i selling uh, books signed, uh, Terry Pratchett books signed by myself uh, on eBay because um, yeah. I'm really desperate for money. So. Well, I, I actually got a, the entire Terminator box set <laughs> signed by me, but I signed it, in, signed my name, but I said my name in an Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. <laughs> Best wishes from Stephen Hill. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed this Terminator marathon. Lots of love. <laughs> Stephen Hill, come on. So <laughs> quick, quick, Terminator quick, it's all right. Oh, well, I was about to say quick call back to the to a couple of weeks ago where I said I'm really excited for the new Terminator and you're like, you actually said no, I'm not gonna watch it. Mm. You've decided that you, you well, watched look, it anyway. Hey look. We wandered down to cinema and it was that or the one with J Lo on in Oh, Hustlers? Uh, which part? Hustlers. Hustlers. Which Both be part quite good. Be quite good. Maybe quite good. Based Just on thought. a true story? <laughs> yeah. Must be good. Uh, a bit like the Titanic. Based <laughs> on a true story, isn't it? Remember when that, that in Italy, the, that boat cr- crashed and in America they reported it as, it's like a real life Titanic. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> Titanic 2, the <laughs> Italian job. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, but it was all, no, it was all right. Yeah. Quite, yeah, quite good. Quite, quite a, good. A little bit more info. I, I like. I loved it when Arnie turned up, but it, it starts quite Surprise. well, and then Arnie turns up, and it goes completely goes to shit. Oh really? That's <laughs> yeah, strange for the Terminator. I know. Yeah. And you're like, yes, there he is, and then you go, oh dear, I'm not really sure what's going on in there. Um, and Best Terminator just gets, since Terminator 2, though? That's what people are saying. I, do you know, I've not seen Terminator Salvation, the one where Christian Bale goes mental. Oh, it's fucking dreadful. Yeah, I've heard it's dreadful. It's dreadful. Uh, I can't really remember Terminator 3, that I thought it was rubbish. Mm. And I didn't watch Terminator Genesis. No, neither did I. So I, I'm not really the best person to speak to. Okay. It's better than Terminator 3. Okay. I fucking love Terminator 1 and 2. Terminator 1 and 2 are very good. Mm. Yes, please. I even got a little bit like totes emotion at the end of it and I shouldn't have done really I felt like it was a cynical ploy for them to get me all as totes yeah it's a bit like that to be honest something for the YouTube uh, uh, yeah <laughs> he did his thumb if you're not the... anyway <laughs> Morrissey thumb. Morrissey put his Sorry, thumb up. Yeah, yeah, Morrissey yeah. so Morrissey's been selling records that he has nothing to do with uh, he also was wearing a t-shirt which you could buy you could buy a kind of official Morrissey t-shirt emblazoned with the slogan Fuck the Guardian. Now, the Guardian oh, yes. uh, gave the, um, the 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 Morrissey record that we reviewed, which is called oh my god, what's it called? I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. But Morrissey's covers record the that covers came out records, earlier yeah. this year. Uh, the Guardian gave it uh, title. Uh, sorry, cover. Uh, it's got a horrendous cover. On. Yeah, um, but the the Guardian weren't given a review copy of it because they were so shitty to Morrissey, um, calling him out on his political ideas before the release 
and he's not happy about it. So not only has he gone to... T- I mean, it seems weird to go to America and go fuck The Guardian when they probably don't really know what that is over there. Mm, I don't know. I uh, It was called California Sun. That's it, California Sun. I thought it was pretty good as well. I gave it a fairly good review. I thought it was fine. Um, uh, <laughs> yes. I... I, I I don't know. I, I mean, the Guardian. Is, I th- I think a lot of people will know what the Guardian. I, I was surprised at how many people, how many Americans knew what the Independent was when I worked there. Really? When I when I, when I introduced myself as an independent journalist, my God. Mm. Um, but that's what I was, so I suppose that's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. Maybe I think people probably would know, but it's a pretty pathetic thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, Morgan had that fuck blur T-shirt, didn't they? Yeah, that was more funny. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. <laughs> it was funnier. So, no, no, it wasn't fuck blur. Fuck it was, um, was funny. It was blur a shite. Blur a shite. You're quite right. Blur yeah. a shite. Which is not true. Um, I would take Mogwai over blur any day of the week, but you know. I mean, well, totally different bands. But yeah, yeah I, I, I would struggle to pick one. I yeah. like both of them very, yeah. very much yeah, indeed. Fair yeah. Fair but more importantly, with Morrissey. What's this about? Why are you selling out? Like, why is he selling a copy of Aladdin Insane signed by Morrissey? That's weird, isn't it? Mm. That's no, that's insane. I, I, I mean, again, I refer to me signing copies of Terry Pratchett's Men at Arms and selling them on eBay. It's ridiculous. Do you know how much they were retailing for at the gig at the Hollywood uh, this Bowl? This is in dollars. Yep, in dollars. I've oh. got the the conversion rate if you're interested as well. Uh, Eighty dollars. <laughs> Three hundred dollars, two hundred and thirty-four pound each. You can get a copy of Transformer by Lou Reed with Morrissey scribbled all over it. Were his own records more or less or the same? I don't know. Mm. I don't have um, that information. I think that's what people want to know. Three hundred quid. It's ridiculous. Madness. Absolute. Just for a squiggle. I mean, well, really, you're paying. You're paying. I mean, what is a vinyl in America? Thirty euro. Thirty. Mate, 30 I euros. I got that lovely um, copy of Crack the Sky by Mastodon Ooh. for fifteen dollars in in America when I was there. Lovely stuff. Pretty good. That. Mm. Pretty fucking good. Yeah, I like America. Yeah. Good. Just generally. Shall we review America? I've not heard it all. <laughs> you not heard um, it all. No. <laughs> I've only seen a little I've, bit. I've only it. heard the beginning and the end. Mm, uh, I've only seen a little bit of it. Uh, also, Judas... So, yeah, Morrissey. Ah! Um, <laughs> <laughs> Episode title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Judas Priest and Behemoth have been announced as the other two headliners for the Bloodstock Open Air Festival. I'd say joining Devon Townsend, a UK exclusive and a, a debut festival headliner performance i'd say that's pretty fucking strong a set of headliners really oh, it's great yeah i'm super i'm actually i think i may well go to bloodstock next year of course you're mm. not going to go because you are never going to if i'm going to again. one i'll go to bloodstock oh are you going back no 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 no, no 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 i'm not definitely saying that. i think i'm if i go to a festival it will be bloodstock but i'm not definitely saying i will go to a festival because i've had a <laughs> decade of misery <laughs> i think um for me personally, what they have announced with Bloodstock already, because they, they've announced like 24 bands, yeah. something like that, is already better than their entire lineup this year, in my opinion. Uh, and, and I suppose, I mean, this year's Bloodstock was really not catered for me personally. Yeah. Um, but 
I mean, a lot of people moan about it already. They go, no, oh, it's just, oh, God, why are there not enough power metal bands on here and blah, blah, blah. Glory Armour are playing? Well, yeah, I mean, I know that, but <clears throat> uh, but you know what people are like. They want they want the band they want, don't they? they just want whoever it's very they nice seeing Bonjour on your shoulder there, like a parrot. No, I like it, like a parrot or like mm. a sort of... Like a, like a pirate. Like a sort of Bond villain cat. <laughs> and just when we say, that's nice, she moves. She so, off, yeah, yeah, I mean, to look at the lineup, like, that's Saturday. Behemoth, Paradise Lost, mm-hmm. Violence, Ginger. Um, Ginger Wild Heart? No, no. Oh, no. Ginger, the uh, the Ukrainian um, yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of band. <laughs> Mi- micro, macro, and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then look at Sunday Priest, Glory Hammer, Black Dahlia Murder, Life of Agony. Mm. Pretty good, isn't it? Diamond yeah. Head, Butcher Babies. Mm. <laughs> so much. Um, Devin Skin Dread, Phil Anselmo, cause a bit of controversy. Yeah. Phil Anselmo getting announced. I mean, he's a racist, probably. Uh, either, you know, accept that and move on. Or I mean, to be fair, um, if we're going to, you know, have a go at there's, yeah, there's murderers Phil of... Anselmo, Anselmo, yeah, there's like murders. And also like... Um, I, you know, I'm not picking on them at all, but Damnation is happening tomorrow and uh, Mayhem are headlining. And there's been this controversy with uh, MGLA. I don't really know them, but um, they, they're sort of, they've been outed as like proper neo-fascists. Right. Um, and there are talks of uh, people protesting outside Damnation and saying we don't want fascist bands playing so like you know i'm in 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 terms of like which is worse uh if people were moaning about phil Anselmo, then i think you kind of have to it's kind of worse what's happening with damnation isn't it? yeah i mean i guess he's more high, high profile and people who yeah. are more high profile are always going to get more yes, grief that's, that's aren't true. they um yeah it's a weird one with phil Anselmo because just like his music so much and people might go well, that's not enough of a reason well well look, look if i was if Sorry. i was if i was there um i don't care too much for philip anselmo and the illegals but they are doing the uh play of pantera yeah. set aren't they yeah if i was there would i go and see it of course i fucking would mm. i mean it doesn't mean I would like it because Phil Anselmo live these days is incredibly hit and miss. Mm -hmm. And you really don't know which Anselmo you're going to get until you turn up. Um, But, you know, if he's just playing classic Pantera stuff, like it will be, it will be good, won't it? I think it will be good. Let's face it. So, you know, I mean, if you don't want to go and see him, don't go and see him. Yeah, I think that's probably the easiest. Easiest way around else. that. There'll uh, be something else on at the same time, probably on the Sophie Lancaster stage, which I imagine. As I lay dying, maybe. <laughs> um. Great programming. That would be. <laughs> yeah. That would be amazing but, programming. Ha ha! You have to watch somebody awful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> still, I'd still have either of them over Elstorm, um, To be perfectly yeah, honest, so would I. yeah. Uh, anyway, let's do some reviews, Renfrey. We're going straight in. Well, there's nothing else to do, is there? Uh, Don't think you want to talk about? No, very, very quickly. I just want to say, um, uh, lovely man called Devin Osman. Hello, Devin. How are you doing? Um, Explain to me what a mixtape was. This was a bit of a, we didn't know what this was. So mixtape is, um, in hip hop terms at least, a release that heavily uses sampling and is thus released for free. Right, okay, that makes so sense. So that now makes sense. Yeah, so a bit like the Plan that. B one that I mentioned where I sampled lots of different... Yeah, I mean, okay, that, yeah, that wasn't referred to as a mixtape, was it? It was referred to as a bootleg. I'm now thinking the mixtape yeah. is maybe like a 
new a new phrase that because when I think of mixtape, I think of C nineties and recording a mixtape for you're showing your age, yeah. someone I'm trying to woo. Usually. What? Can't you just make anyone a mix? I made loads of people mixtapes back yeah. in the day. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I made friends mixtapes as well, but often I was particularly. I was like, people I, I, I was trying to win. Well, yeah, one time, often, sometimes. What's wrong with that? Fair enough. It's related, you know, it's romantic. It's nice. Yeah. Sorry, mate. I wasn't so. making it nasty. I was just like, you and your romance. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my romance. I'm like, Paddy, what's his face? Um, McGuinness. McGuinness. There yeah. we go. Let the trinket. There's not a lot of it. romance on Take Me Out. No, that's true. I don't know. There's not um, a lot of romance on that show. Also, just wanted to very quickly say uh, the response we had to the clipping record was mahusive. Yes, think. and I knew it bloody would be as well. Oh. I was convinced that that would happen because I've had a, there have been a few people that have been like, "Nah, don't get it," and that's that's fine. fair I, enough. I thought there might it's not, be. It's Obviously, clearly not for everyone. Yeah, it's definitely not. Wasn't going to be for everyone. I, I, mean, I would have thought, but you know, you you could argue. You know, I mean, I mean. I think it's you were pretty positive about it. I think it's a brilliant record. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a great record. I've, mm, I was about to say I've not returned to it, but that's because <laughs> some of the releases we're doing this week are really heavy. Mm. Um, I probably will go back to it though, actually, at some point. I mean, I, I like it will surprise no one. I bought it on vinyl. I put a thing up on Instagram oh, saying yeah. I bought it on vinyl. And uh, actually, I wanted to say this. I bought the vinyl and I was kind of annoyed by this because they've taken the interludes out. And I think the interludes are really good. They've left bloody piano burning in one whole fucking side of the double really? disc is piano burning. You're like, oh yeah, no, leave that in. Definitely. Take burning piano or piano burning away. Piano burning. Take piano burning off. That's ridiculous. I would have taken piano burning off. Wow. I mean, you know, I wouldn't really. I just would have made it like, what, what are the interludes for me? It just goes straight into nothing is... Uh, I'm assuming... I mean, actually, the we're about to talk about a record where the CD releases and the vinyl releases are different anyway. So I'm... I, um, so I imagine that will be due to space on vinyl and space. I on guess it TV. is, yeah. Um, <laughs> They'd have made piano burning fourteen minutes of piano burning well, rather than eighteen. That's the thing. Yeah, no, that's that's an interesting one. I mean, I don't think the interludes are essential to that record, but it is a shame I, not to you have. N- them. You you really do notice them when they're do not you? there, though. Right? Yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah. You really do. Hmm. I I mean, I did. I enjoy this. It's weird because obviously you you should enjoy listening to something on vinyl more than you should on mp3 or whatever but i actually <laughs> you must well you know it's of a, of a higher quality and caliber a, a thing mostly um that's uh, up for debate but yeah let's not talk about that now uh, yeah no 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 but you would think something like that would benefit from being on vinyl a little bit yes yeah um but as, actually as as you would the record we are going to talk about which is truncated mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. vinyl but yeah, uh, without those bits, it feels a bit short. Mm, strange. Okay. Well, really, just to say thank you for everyone uh, who contacted us about clipping, whether you liked it or not, and also thank you to Mr. Duck um, for suggesting it on the old download Yeah, good forums. suggestion. That's become yeah. a good thing. Um, all right, anyway, now we'll do some reviews, and we will start with Swans. Uh, Leaving Meaning is a 15th studio album and the fifth studio album since the 2010 Swans reunion of the uh, from the, the, the New York noise terrorists. Uh, I say that, although I do feel that Swans are... Um, slightly mischaracterized by the media, somewhat. To be honest with you, they are—they're genreless, aren't they? Swans mm. are swans. Like it's so different. I mean, I've heard them refer—I've heard them being referred to as post-rock, which isn't entirely inaccurate. Mm-hmm. Noise rock, sure. Uh, jazz, industrial, industrial avant-garde, gal- jazz. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, all yeah. right. 
and it's all wrong. Yeah. Is what I would say when, mm. with regards to swans. Yeah. Um, but an enormously, I mean, quite possibly, we're a relatively experimental podcast as these things go. Mm. And um, swans are quite possibly one of the most experimental bands we will feature on the show. Do you think that's fair? I think so, yeah. I think when you look at the breadth of their career, well, I mean, I was going to ask you about this. Hello. Actually, as we kind of kick this review off, because, um, you know, as I said, 15 records. Um, this album features, amongst others, many, many collaborators, as Swans usually have many, yeah. many collaborators. Anavon Housewolf is on this. Yeah. Uh, ben yeah. Frost is on it as well. Um, but if you can keep up with who is in Swans at this point, <laughs> yeah, then, like well, well done. Because there, I certainly fucking can't. There is a touring lineup which <laughs> has remained constant for a couple of records at least, yeah. I believe. But, but if you that. try and sort of collab- get together with and think of everybody that has been in Swans ever. Well, Wikipedia has tried, as it always does. You know those charts that they have at yeah. the bottom? The, the Swans chart, which like says who's been in the band. I bet it looks like massively it is, unbelievable. It is an entire screen. Well, it depends on the screen you're looking at it, but it is, it's massive. It's yeah, ridiculous. I can imagine it's, it yeah, is. It's very amusing. So what's your relationship with, with Swans and Renfrew? Because I think not only are they an experimental and difficult band for us to be chatting about, um, they're one of those bands, I feel, who just the mere mention of their name uh, is intimidating. <laughs> yes. Um, Swans are a band who I have strived to get into uh, s- probably since the resurgence. I didn't really, uh, since the, the revival, they, they yeah, really the reformed. Reformation, thank you. Um, Song went up on MySpace. When they reformed, just really? nothing. Suddenly, hello, there's a new Swan song on MySpace. That's how they did it on MySpace. Oh, legends. <laughs> um, and in fact, it wasn't the first one. It was it was the Seer, um, which came out in 2012, I think, where people really started, mm. uh, you know, saying this record is amazing and like all the things I was reading about it. I thought, oh, that sounds like a bit of me. Yeah. And I tried listening <coughs> to the Seer to give you an idea. Double album, a lot of Swans albums, most of them at this point. Oh, I wouldn't want to go on record as saying that. And we are technically on record, but, <laughs> but uh, a lot of them. You can use the word lengthy. Uh, yeah, and... yeah, a lot of a lot of Swans. I'm prepared to say a lot of Swans records are double albums, including this one that we're about to talk to talk about. Uh, the Seer is two hours long. Um, it features songs which are around thirty minutes in length. Um, I think the title track is 32 minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I tried and I sort of could see that it was quite unlike anything else. And I could see sort of why people thought it was amazing. But it just, it was like, I, I see the world that you're creating, Mr. Mr. Gira, Gira, yeah. Michael Gira, Gira, the main man behind Swans. But I'm not sure if I want to be in, in that inhabit that world to Mm -hmm. be totally honest then to be kind came out two years later another double album uh and i remember listening to it in the offices of the independent and it gave me a migraine (laughs) honestly i I, like it it gave me it made me feel it honestly it made me feel sick to my stomach i remember it so vividly yeah i remember where i was sat i remember and it it just because it was streaming on a probably a probably npr or something like that and i was like right i'm gonna give this another go and I, I just felt ill listening. So to it. Um, this is a funny little story uh, that came out in May 2014. That record, yeah, that's 
that sounds right. And um, I had just started doing the breakfast show on Team Rock Radio. And, Don't tell me you played Swans on that show. I, <laughs> Can you imagine? Because no, um, just a little boy was on it. And I was like, well you know, that's only 11 minutes. Like, I, I can play that right. And I remember one of the first meetings I had, I was like, do you know what would be really cool? Playing like, with the, like New Swans album was out. And when I, and everyone sort of went, oh, okay, yeah, cool, all right. And then I was like, you know, so you, you know who Swans are, right? And they were like, eh, uh, well, no, we don't actually, know. and I was like, they're like a legendary, but they're like, oh, they're like a kind of, they're like Megadeth. It's like, <laughs> no. And then when I got it, they were like, absolutely you can't play this like and it was like that at that point i was like oh oh <laughs> this isn't gonna be quite what i expected yeah. it to be is it? that was like an early indicator right. of how difficult that year was going to be yeah, yeah. can i play swans at seven o'clock in the morning no oh mm. i'm gonna try i quit i'm, I'm gonna it. try and put swans into my next dj set um that'll be You're a challenge a um, <laughs> um so yes so so to be honest swans are a band who i um you know i feel like there's been a few of these <laughs> like a band who i've admired from afar and i can see why people love them but i've never i've never found my way in and right, considering okay. that the seer and to be kind in particular i didn't even bother with the glowing man because after to be kind i mean even thinking about the cover of to be kind makes me feel a bit sick <laughs> um <clears throat> I was just like, I just can't, I just can't do it again. And then when I saw there was a Swans album coming out, I mean, I, I did bring this in, I guess. Well, I mean, I think we well, both, we think, we yeah, both we would have anyway. Yeah. Um, but I think considering the sort of show that we are, I think it was vital that we cover it. But I, I will say this, uh, there was a little bit of like, oh, damn, we've got to do that Swans record. Just because of how the last one that I listened to made me feel five right, years okay. ago. Yeah. I, man, I can understand all of that. Yeah. I yeah. mean, so, to, to, so you, you're saying you didn't really, did you not really try with them until the reformation? Not really. No, okay, I, I, they, they, they pretty much passed me by until the reformation. So to give you my perspective and my sort of relationship with swans, they were a band whose name I'd heard bandied around quite a lot during the kind of mid to late 90s when I started getting into heavier music. And the neurosis split with Jarbo yeah, yeah. was a way in, I think probably is a way in for people of my age, was a way in for quite a lot of us. Which, uh, by the way, either has just been re-released re yeah, yeah, or is about to be re-released um, and is well worth your time. It's very mm. good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, and Jarbo was a, used to be a member of Swans. Yeah, she used to be a member of Swans. <clears throat> she was a sort of keyboard and vocalist and she's got an insane voice. She's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. she was. Yeah, she's fantastic mm. and has not really been part of this reformation like no but although she does she does guest on one or two like, yeah there's i think she guests on a song on the seer from what i recall so she's 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 not in the band but she's guested once mm. or twice um so that came out and i was like mm, i should i should try this i should check this out and uh i bought i think so you gotta remember this is probably like 1999 90 2000 era we're looking at that sort of era the new metal years is what i'm saying basically and um uh i, I um was like i'm gonna go out and buy one of their records because you hear about how they're this, the most fucking mentalist band ever um but this was obviously again not only was this the new metal years it was obviously the you have to find this in a cd shop years as well and in yeah, reading imagine. Uh, there's a little shop in Reading and I found The Great Annihilator, which is their album from 1996. And I bought that 
And I have to be perfectly honest with you. I went home and listened to it and I went, fuck knows. I haven't right. got a fucking clue. What yeah, is this? Yeah, yeah. And it just sort of sat there gathering dust. Um, and I kind of forgot about Swans for about 10 years. Just didn't really pay that much attention to the, the sort of the thought of it. I was just like, nah, don't get it. Don't really understand it. Um, which is weird, actually, because going back to that record, I know it's not it's not really considered one of their best records. But it's actually... Um, a good, I think it's a good record. At this point, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do like that record. And I quite like that period of, the, of them as well. Um, but yeah, it was only probably, yeah, maybe sort of seven, eight years later when, as I was talking before, you know, I was downloading on my mate's house and I used to put everything on this massive iPod. Um, and I heard Cop. Obviously, Cop is mm. this hugely influential record mm. um, and is sort of routinely uh, characterised as... Um, <clears throat> you know a a a heavier than everything record like i think terrorizer said it was the fourth heavy like terrorizers have know their stuff about heavy music fourth heaviest album all time as nominated by terrorizer really? every time they put in these you know like the loudest bands ever the heaviest albums <clears> ever <throat> the most extreme things ever blah blah blah, blah, blah. swans 99 percent of the time will come up yeah. Cop, 99% of the time, will be the album that gets brought up. Yeah. But for me... It's nihilistic, isn't it? It's very nihilistic, yeah. And it's a far cry from what we're about to talk about, yeah, I think. Um, yeah. And for me, Swans are kind of like... And Cop is kind of comparable to Scum by Napalm Death. Because I think Scum, whilst I can understand just how influential it is and just how kind of brilliant it was for the time and just what a kind of like you know, mad shot in the arm that that record was. At the same time, it's far from their best. Mm, it's not uh, the record you go to. No, 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 no. I, I think even to go one, even to go to From Enslavement to Obliteration one album later, I think is a, a clear step up, to be honest. But Scum is the record. People go, oh my God, when I heard Scum. Yep. Um, people may say that about Calculate Infinity with the Dinner Escape Plan. They mm -hmm. may go, yeah, okay, it's the head fuck record, mm -hmm. but it's not actually better than Option Paralysis or mm -hmm. Ironworks or whatever. Yep, I, I personally disagree with that probably because I was there at the time. And I think that's probably that context will probably have a lot to do with what your favourite record from these very, very extreme bands are. I, agree. I appreciate Cop and I can see exactly why it was so influential when, you know, it's proto fucking everything, isn't it? Proto industrial, it's a proto noise, pro proto post metal. What you know? Uh, you listen, proto. yeah. You listen to Street Cleaner by Godflesh, and you go, okay. There we go. Yeah. We go. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> but when the Swans 2010 reunion turned up, I think there was a, there was a, a few pieces in the subterranean section of Metal Hammer that, and a lot of the reviews probably done by. Uh, our sort of our joint friend Jonathan Seltzer, who is a fucking brilliant writer and an yep. oracle in, in in this type of music, and is a massive fan of Swans. That really, uh, I'd say Dom Lawson as well. Dom and Dom, Dom as well. Dom, yeah, Dom is a massive Swans fan, and I remember when the Seer came came out, seeing mm. I think one of his uh, metal sandwiches where he was going on about mm. it. But yeah, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, you know, I remember reading about my father will guide me up to the rope, um, mm. up a rope to the sky, yeah. and that being a comeback, and people being really, really excited about that, yeah. and me listening to that record and going, oh, uh, this is very, very different from the two eras of Swans from what I've heard before. Yes. And kind of like for me personally, that record, the Seer, 
to be kind, which I know you said gave you a massive headache. I I think I kind of don't think Swans have really put a foot wrong since they've reformed in 2010, which is quite a rare thing. I mean, I personally, to be kind, I think thus far is probably the best. I really do right. genuinely like that record. And you're right. It is. It's tough. I wouldn't want to. Um, I would never. I've, I heard it once. Yeah. And it put it's me, tough. It, record. Put, it put me off so much that I didn't go back to it but that but that doesn't that's not like a review do you know what no, I mean? no, I'm, no, I'm no, not, no i'm not going it is shit yeah i'm saying it put me off so much that i just couldn't return to it mm. and i think swans are one of those bands that like you're not meant to get it instantly are you no. does anyone doesn't you know I'm, there might be people who claim oh yeah i loved it swans from this beginning but it, they're one of these bands that you kind of need to ingest over a period of time i feel mm, mm. yeah i agree pretentious and, and wanky, but we're talking about quite a pretentious wanky band. <laughs> yeah so yeah. and I, the kind of the result of that is uh is i find myself not really ever thinking about swans for longer than about i don't know a couple of months and then i i find like what i've found with their records is that they're a band i think you have to seek out and go right I'm going to get in this and I'm going to like it. You can't just go, oh, hey man, there's a new Swans record out. I think I'll have a little listen. Yeah. Maybe I'll yeah. come back to it in a few months. Maybe I'll give it a couple of listens. You either go, all right, turn all the lights off, <laughs> like take it, all the distractions yeah. away and get yourself right into that headspace where you can listen to it. And then after a while, I mean, to be fair, I listen to the, I mean, I probably listen, I, I do like The Glowing Man, but I probably only listen to it oh, maybe five or six times ever. Yeah. Like Glowman was their previous record, yeah, it was from 2016. Mainly because I just was, I mean, what was I doing in 2016? I was getting a full time job and I was getting married, and it wasn't really, the sort <laughs> yeah, of, you know, it wasn't really the time to be listening to a Swans record. To be fair, yeah, you're not. You, you're, <clears throat> uh, it sounds like a weird thing. You you kind of have to be in the mood to mm. ingest it, mm. if that makes sense. You have yeah. to be in the mood for it. Um, and so I think Swans are one like. Maybe when I, I, I don't know what I was doing when To Be Kind came along, but I do feel like that I was in totally the wrong headspace to listen to it, which might have contributed mm. to my... Uh, I think maybe show. for me, I was going into this radio station and I was playing pop punk and yeah. new metal and, and, you like needed the antidote. and then I'd go home at 10 in the morning and I'd just have go like, right, well, I've got loads of music to listen to. And I really got into that and and ready to die by electric wizard the the electric mm. wizard album that came out last year oh, yeah. that that year which is like even by electric wizard standards very very difficult record to yeah, listen to um and i loved it i just was like this is the shit that i love because it was just such a lovely you know um antidote to what i was doing during mm. the sort of working hours um I think, anyway i think I, it's fair to say though just to just to um pick up on what you were saying previous to that swans are basically the antithesis of how 99 percent of people listen to music now yes i think that's true i think that's true like, um, they're, they're not you, throw away you have to like concentrate on it you can't listen to it through a fucking phone or mm. a laptop speakers or like yeah turn all the lights out like that you, you you're not going to passively get into swans you no, have to no no work at it and i feel like i mean i heard I actually heard dan from conjurer being interviewed um and he said it took him so long to get into swans and i've heard lots of things i was actually watching something on the the needle drop channel where somebody went uh nothing happened someone tweeted him and said you know everybody's waiting for something to happen in swans music 
and it never does. And that to me is like, well, it's just not, you're not in the right frame of mind and the right headspace. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, th- I, th- I think the Swan's music, a uh, characteristic of Swan's music is it's, enormously repetitive a lot of the Mm. time but it's repetitive in a minimalism sense in that there are subtle changes happening um you but you need to sort of attune your ear to them Mm. i suppose Mm. um so i guess that's probably enough context got a favorite record do you have a favorite swans record Rembry? no I, okay. I, I, I I struggled. I've just struggled with them too much. Fair enough. I mean, I would say To Be Kind is a is a good record that you should go and listen to. Um, Love of Life from 1992. I actually have a little soft spot for that as well. Okay. I think it's really good. It feels like a bit of a weird one to pick. But anyway, that's how I feel. Um, but which brings us on to Leaving Meaning, um, which came out last week. And we have deliberately left it a week because after all the heavy duty lifting that we had to do last week i think adding this to the mix as well would have been difficult <laughs> I, want, I wanted more time with it as well yeah i, was just I wanted like, more time yeah. um and i have to be honest with you i'm really really glad that we gave ourselves ourselves an extra week with it um, as am i because my I'm, review last week would have been very different yeah um i, I think uh it's definitely benefited mm-hmm. me as a listener from having an extra um, sort of eight, nine listens to this record. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to kick this one off, Renfrew, or do you want yeah. me to start? No, 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 I'll kick this off. So so everything that I've just said about Swans um, not being able to get into them before, I'm really, really, really happy to say that finally I feel like I've this record has enough light in it for me to be able to step into the world and be like, okay, I get it a bit more now the first couple of times i listened to it well probably the first time i listened to it i still found a lot of it very oppressive and tough um the hanging man i really struggled with on initial listens Mm -hmm. um and uh sun fucker possibly the best title of the year great song what song sun as in uh the s-u-n yeah the big ball in the sky Mm -hmm. not uh ian watkins (laughs) so pleased you said that um <laughs> but I, th- I think there's uh there's there's a there's a modicum of light at the end of the tunnel with this album um it's um by swan's standards it's a, a slighter album than normal it's still 93 minutes long um but that makes it a little bit easier to get into certainly than the last couple i reckon um and um it also just feels Lighter isn't the right word, but not not as sonically oppressive. Mm. There are moments of sheer beauty on this record. I was really surprised. There's a two minute sort of opening track, and then um, what's the first track proper? Annalee. Annalee. Or Annaline. So, Annaline. Yeah. yeah. I was so surprised when Annaline came in, and 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 there's just this like Michael uh, Jira Jira Jira. He's just he almost sounds quite frail. There's like Mm. a, it's actually quite a beautiful song and beauty isn't something I'd normally associate with swans. Yeah. I mean, there there definitely is. I mean, this is why I said at the start, I feel like they're slightly mischaracterized because I don't think this is, I mean, I've heard, I've read reviews this going, it's a whole new direction for swans. And I'm like, well, I'm not sure if it's an entirely whole new direction because I think the, the, you know, the, the idea of swans is this dark, bleak, super loud oppressive like hate-filled thing 
I don't actually think that they've they're always like that, but yeah, predominantly there's a hell of a lot of that. And, you know, like they obviously deserve that. But certainly I can understand why you would be a bit like, oh, when this record kicks off. Yeah, it feels like there's more well, I guess I guess all I'm saying, like, there is light in the other Swans records that I've heard. It's just that it feels like there's more in this yes. one. And yeah. and hence it made it easier for me to um to get inside it and 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 enjoy it more um i think you know the hanging man as a the hanging man's then the the third track it is far more kind of like the swans that i'm used to hearing and on first listen i was like okay here we go now we've got the repetitive Mm. chant like um droning dissonance this shamanistic performance um and and it's it's oddly uncomfortable and yet strangely alluring at the same time, which I think is how you can kind of sum up Swans. Mm. I mean, I'm almost tempted to like coin the term car crash music mm. uh, for, for stuff like that. I don't know if that's like um, the best term for it, but it's it's it, you just you it's gross and yet you can't look away kind of thing. And Swans do that really expertly. Mm. Um, and the Hanging Man is is a song like i can't think of a song this year that i started off disliking and then liking uh the the disparity between how much i disliked it the first time i heard it and how much i like it now yeah i think is the, the biggest for any song this year <clears throat> i now think it's really good it is enormously repetitive and as i say shamanistic and yeah. um it basically does the same thing for 10 and a half minutes more or less with subtle changes um but there's something entrancing about it and hypnotic that's, about that's it. what it is for me i think that they have this ability to suck you in yeah and you just have to swirl around with them and it is sometimes it's quite a a, a record that can make you feel kind of nauseous i mean you mentioned Sunfucker mm-hmm. as the like i which i i think is an brilliant. amazing brilliant brilliant song but the end of it you know you're looking at just under 11 minutes a song, which, you know, isn't, as you mentioned, for Swans, is not a ridiculously long song for Swans by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, when you're getting that kind of three-minute-long um, booming drums that just continue to kind of swirl and march and you get Michael Gira just kind of... He doesn't even sing. I mean, I think this is the thing with Michael Gira. It's not even really singing. It's almost like, kind of yarling you know they're kind of yeah and there's there's so much of this record that reminds me of gregorian chant i mean my mate i was playing it at work which is really ridiculous <laughs> and my mate who likes sort of five and um and elton john and robbie williams was like what's this fucking monk music you're listening to <laughs> this chanty monk music and obviously you know like he's not got a lot of context for what swans yeah. are yeah. but i i did go I mean, yeah, you know, like it's kind of fair comment. There is something kind of um, medieval yes, about ritualistic, ritualistic, medieval, you know, kind of um, yeah, shamanic is a great word um, to the way that swans. Um, it, it's a bit like that. What that bit in. It sounds the way that that bit in um, Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom is filmed, you know, Mulram, 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 Sulram, Mulram, 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 Shuftidee. Like that, that bit, you know, when it, and the camera's going everywhere and you're like, oh, obviously. Is your Halloween costume sorted? Yeah, mate. Oh, God. I've got to tell you what I'm going as for Halloween on Thursday. What? No, I'm just kidding because I'm going to, when, when I put it up on, okay. it, it's funny. Uh, actually, it will have happened by now. I'm going to. 
Drew Barrymore in Scream. <laughs> <laughs> the best fucking costume. Casey Becker. That's fantastic. Uh, wow. Yeah, just need a blonde wig and a cream top yeah, and yeah, jeans and a big phone and Lovely. blood. <laughs> Done. Um, anyway, uh, swans. Uh, yeah, so, you know, obviously it's not as Hollywood as that. And again, you know, we mentioned the film Irreversible a hell of a lot, but I think because when that, the camera work on that is much more, I, I don't think, I actually think this is, for swans, a fairly easy listen. Yes, for swans. For swans, let's be clear about that. It's actually, I was surprised at how much of it I found... Really palatable. Yeah. Yeah. There are are songs where, sometimes there's whole songs where um, there isn't any dissonance or or anything Mm. that's difficult at all. Um, And and, and yeah, I, I think... I think this is this is the album that I kind of needed to get into Swans. I mean, I now feel like at some point I'll be ready to go back into the back catalogue and um, try other Swans records as well, because mm. I now feel like I have this starting off point with Leaving Meaning. I mean, to talk about Sunfucker just a little bit more, it begins with that really dissonant, horrible sort of drum stuff, as you say. Yeah. But then halfway through, it turns into an ass shaker of a song like like really like properly danceable almost like devilish rock and roll i yeah do you know what i think there's that point in the album there's a marked shift for a few tracks i agree there's a marked shift which is is the halfway point which is the halfway point point. where you would change disc yeah so some fucker actually on the vinyl um closes that disc and then you would put in cathedrals of heaven yeah uh the nub it's coming it's real i mean the Cathedral of Heaven is, is great, but yeah. the nub is 12 minutes long. It's got somebody called Baby D, not Let You Be a Fancy Baby D. It is um, Baby D, who was a vocalist from the sort of late 60s and early 70s, a kind of um, sort of female pop star, so I believe. I've never heard of her before. Ah, I have to press up. Okay. But I just had a quick look at who she was quickly. And the nub has three minutes, which again, in Swan's terms, is literally fuck all, mm. where it just kind of builds with that little piano part. It's really fucking cool. And then she comes in and it just feels like, I don't know, like a, like you say, a sort of a psychedelic 60s freak out. Um, and there's also bits on this record around this around that period, like It's Come In, It's Real, which I think yeah. is amazing yeah, song I agree. that is amazing that might be the best song on the record and that might be if you're going to listen to swans and go give me a song to listen to that might be a song that you could go you should listen to this and then you know it's it's, it's probably not going to if that's too much maybe don't bother with anything else i i i, I think it's coming it's real is one of the one of the songs where there there isn't any dissonance and you mm. can kind of listen to it i mean i think it was released as a single it was released as it was the first song right released yeah i mean yeah it's a brilliant it has those kind of um female ooze in the background which yeah. is basically the basis of the song and then it, it again i mentioned um with nick cave i mentioned david lynch yeah and it's got yeah. a kind of cowboy lynchian vibe to it i think that song yeah it's really kind of lack lackadaisical and hip swingy and it's got a kind of maybe not cowboy actually maybe kind of more like gangster noir do you know what i mean it's got like um a real just it's it's cool fucking music do you know what i mean it's like it's like when the cool guy from the film walks into into shot 
Yeah. Like yeah. the the detective, yeah. the yeah, gangster, yeah, 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 the yeah. cowboy, whoever. When that guy walks in, this is the kind of music that he struts along to. And again, you know, not strictly something that you would associate with a band like Swans to do kind of... Not at but, all. But this is a very... I think this is a very... At points, this is quite a cinematic and soundtracky sounding record. Yeah. You know, um, Morricone, Sergio Leone, there yeah. were bits in that where I was like, oh, this is a kind of spaghetti western like yeah. twang to some of this stuff. Yeah, there's like uh, little glockenspiels used on it quite yeah. a bit, like on the title track. The title track might be my favourite, actually. Really, yeah, that is good. Um, which is like, it has these sort of waves of piano that come in and out of it, and then um, uh, uh, Guy Jira's intoning this thing about, I cannot see it, I cannot feel it, but not, I can feel it, but not keep it. I can touch it, but not hold it. I can be it, but not know it. We never know what it is, mm. but it's sort of beguiling the whole time um, yeah. and just builds into this. I mean, yeah, again, like 11 minute. I mean, it's just a, it's just a brilliant song and 11 minutes just seems to go incredibly quickly. I mean, there, there's some people who listen to it and think that it's the longest 11 minutes of their life, probably. But um, I'm I'm finding this record. Um, it feels shorter with every listen and yeah. it feels like easier to get into and 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 yeah it's that it's that thing that we've talked about quite a lot recently with like albums that just hypnotize you you know and it's not going to hypnotize everyone but like it, it just does become very sort of becomes a very hypnotic 93 minutes and you know i don't think it's perfect at all um but for the most part it, it, it's really nice to there's this band who everyone has been wanging on about who I feel like I should be into. And um, for years and years and years, I've tried to get for almost 10 years. I've tried to get into them. And now finally, I feel like this is my way in mm. to get into them. And it's the first Swans <clears throat> record that I feel like I've appreciated everything that Swans have done, but I've never really liked anything that Swans have done up until now, which is quite nice. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling a bit like I'm starting to, going to start to sound like a broken record with what i've been saying over the last few weeks because we had nick cave a couple of weeks ago which i think is just fantastic record yeah. um obviously last week i went bananas for the clipping record mm. um i like swans right i like swans and i have to kind of huff myself up to listen to them usually but i do like them and i've i, I do get something the, the early early stuff that i was talking about earlier you know um i would very very rarely sort of put that the kind of pre-jarbo stuff i would very very rarely put that on if i'm being completely honest um but post you're that you're mr sadist yeah yeah um <laughs> but post that i really do like most of the things of theirs that i've heard and particularly as i said since they've come back in 2010 i think they've been very very consistent i think this might be my favorite thing they've done oh that's interesting mm. that's and cool. and i think the reason for it is is that this is a record which I am, it still scratches that itch that swans give you of being unnerving and hypnotizing and swirling. But it's actually, for me, for swans, I feel like this is a, an in, an enjoyable record to listen to. Yeah, yeah. fuck it, an enjoyable yeah. re record to yeah. listen to. In, in like, the context of the music. I want to listen to, you know, it's not like, um, you know, you, when you want to listen to something, you will listen to it. And, and like I say, I don't think that a lot of this stuff that they've done 
is completely brand new and it never existed before. No. Like, it's definitely, definitely not. They've definitely had moments of subtlety and, you know, like deep, deep subtlety and, you know, kind of calmness in their music before and, and quiet. But they're not as um, tonally consistent as they are on this record. And I love the fact that this record feels pretty tonally consistent throughout that you can put it on and you can listen to the whole thing and it goes by really really quickly pretty much all of the songs are really good on it and they give you something it's a different experience of listening to swans mm, yeah i i i really really and i've the more i listen to this record the more and more and more i like it yeah uh, to the point agree. where at this point i'm like i fucking love it yeah yeah uh, i think it's really great yeah, I, I, I think it's fantastic. I think it's really, really good. And I'm just relieved that finally, mm. as I say, I've finally found a way in. And, uh, you know, if you're like me and you have struggled with... I mean, this is, this is a good entry point, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. 15 yeah. albums in, you yeah. know. But but I, I, I felt like cheated is way too strong. But, but the manner in which people were going on about the seer and to be kind... And I just felt felt like there was no doorway in. I just felt mm. completely lost with them. And that's not the case with this. And now that I have this and I've kind of, you know, this is permeated around my skull. Um, I feel like maybe in another year or two, I can approach the seer again. Or I think be like kind again or something. They become better songwriters as well. Right. Like, right. do you know what I mean? You know, like, again, to sort of, if you were to go back and listen to, uh, to listen to Cop, or do you know what I mean? To listen to even a lot, you know, they're kind of early nineties stuff. Mm. Right. I think there are ideas and songwriting ideas on this that they probably wouldn't have been capable of back then. It's a fucking great record. This mm. is mm. really, really good. Yeah. Um, and it is rare to get 15 albums down the line and to be like, you know, here's something which is, it's what, you know, what I was saying about Refuse last week, you know, this, uh, the, the ability to kind of grow old gracefully and go, well, you know, it would, I, I, I very much doubt they could make cop again. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And they haven't tried to, but they mm. found another way of harnessing a similar levels of power and similar levels of menace and threat. And they haven't lost, like, this still sounds like a Swans record. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You could probably play stuff from this record back to back with, you know, the just before they split up in the 90s, some of that, you know, that era stuff. And you'd go, yeah, I could definitely see it's the same band. Definitely. Yep. Yep, definitely. You might struggle if you were going to go right back to the 80s stuff and go like, oh, this is the same band. You'd probably go like, oh, they've changed, haven't they? But definitely, you know, I think there's a, there's a through line. It's a natural uh, progression. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. I, I, this is very, very good, this record. Like, very good. Just so we're clear very good i'm not gonna say where it's gonna be in my oh, <laughs> you're, you're saying it's gonna be in there aren't you well i'm not i'm not i'm not saying that it's gonna be in there hmm. Pro probably will be but um <laughs> yeah but uh i'd be pretty surprised if it wasn't surprised but um anyway there you go swans uh Renfrey got a swans album you like yeah i just assumed you would be a massive fan to be honest i th i think this is part of my frustration <laughs> um with not being into them People assume that I will be mm. because I like avant-garde, long, weird music. You do. 
uh, which and swans tick all of those boxes, but they are just so them they're dense they're so dense dense. so oppressive that i've just never as i say i just never found the route in but this is my route in and i'm and and it's exciting now i go oh brilliant now i might be able to check out some of their other records and get into those as well yeah so So there you go leaving meaning by swans is out right now and if you have ever thought i want to listen to that band swans because everyone bangs on about them but oh i'm struggling then you know this is the one this is the one to go with i would say um and it's that good which is why we uh we put it as lead review as opposed to what we're about to talk to now which is uh, talk about now not talk to we're gonna talk to this record that'd be mental um neil young and crazy horse colorado the 39th 39th record (laughs) from the legendary canadian singer songwriter and his crew his first album since psychedelic pill in 2012 i think both of us first album with crazy horse with crazy horse yeah yeah, yeah. he's done like three or four albums yeah i should have said that because neil young neil young to be clear he's 73 years old Mm. neil young and he still shits out albums at least once every two years. Yeah, he does. Um, which, uh, hence him having 39 albums, which is insane. Yeah, uh, it's, sorry, it's a I difficult understand. amount of records to um, to actually sort of contemplate how you would, you know, when you consider he probably, when you and I were born, he probably had 10, 12 albums yeah, out. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he is, I think. And that's just as a solo artist as well. That's yeah. not even counting kind of Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well. I think in terms of bands, artists that we have reviewed, I think he has the most, the, the biggest back catalogue. Like, so, yeah. you know, ev- even things like Springsteen. I mean, Western uh, Stars was his, what, 18th, 19th, 19th album? I, was, yeah. I mean, that seemed like a lot, but. Yeah, Neil Young pisses on that. Neil the, Young. O- the only artist I can think of who has a more vast back catalogue is Frank Zappa, I think. I mean, there, there probably are. This is off the top of my head. There probably are other ones. Great for Dead? Yeah, yeah, all right. I said off the top of my head, but yes, great No, I'm just adding one. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. I wasn't being a pedant like you. I was just trying to join in the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, yes, So, uh, Renfrew, your relationship with Neil Young, I'm going to say straight off the bat, my first, uh, my kind of, I think we might have said it before when we talked about Mirable. Um, oh, yeah. Philip Cook, my mate Gwillem Cook, the, the Cook family, big friends of mine. Um, Phil Cook, a.k.a. Strongy. Uh, Strongy Cook, that's Gwill's dad's name. Um, big fan of Neil Young. Used right. to, like, whenever we'd go round to Gwill's house. Where you were going with that. Well, wow. here's the thing. We, we go round um, Gwill's house and, uh, and, and Phil Cook would inevitably end up in his own little study area listening to Neil Young and I think we snuck in there once when he wasn't about and pulled out um pulled out what record was it? It was one from nineteen ninety four. I have said this before. Ninety four. Ninety four. It he we pulled out um Sleeps with Angels. Ah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, from nineteen ninety four and I had a little listen to that. And that was the first time that I'd heard Neil Young. And it's oh. got a song that I called Piece of Crap that we like it was a piece of crap. Piece of crap that um which is all about sort of, you know, commercialization and stuff as is Neil Young's way. And after that, I was like, oh yeah, this is kind of, you know, I just thought, who's this old dude? Yeah. And actually I was like, he's pretty fucking cool, this guy. And, um, and therein uh, was the, the kind of the start for me to go and become a sort of Neil Young. I wouldn't say it took me a little while to become a Neil Young fan, but I was always like, I respect that man. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people probably won't uh, be surprised to hear that my route into Neil Young was Pearl, <laughs> Pearl Jam. 
there is a reason why there's a Pearl Jam record right up there uh, this week. Um, he begged. I, <laughs> I mean, uh, new, uh, Pearl Jam's relationship with Neil Young and vice versa is like, they're, they're, they're you know, kindred spirits in so many ways. I think, you know, Eddie Vedder inducted Neil Young into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Pearl Jam. Uh, Eddie Vedder's inducted about 15 people into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, he did the he Ramones did the as well, Ramones. didn't he? That's the only um, other one it's because of. he's a great orator, my friend. He That's is, why, yeah. you know, mm. they go, Eddie, would you like to come back? And he'd be like, yes. Mm. Um, but um, yeah. Uh, I thought he was a great orator. He truly is. <laughs> Eddie, you're a great orator. Do you want to say anything? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you had one job, mate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and uh, you know, Pearl Jam regularly cover Neil Young. I mean, I, the the first Neil Young I ever heard, the Neil Young song I ever heard was probably Pearl Jam covering Rockin' in the Free World, uh, which they end many of their sets with, probably a third of their sets with. I remember when they they brought that out when I saw them at the O2 last year. Yes. I thought it was over and then suddenly that kicked in and I just was like, yeah. oh, so happy. Yeah. Oh, it's a one, it's, it's a wonderful song. Great. And, and Pearl Jam's version of it is just fantastic. It, I mean, it's, it's almost become Pearl Jam's song now. Like, um, it's just, yeah, brilliant. And then, you know, um, steady mate, strong, he'll be around. It won't fucking stand for that. Um, <laughs> and, um, uh, Poor him. He's got no idea what you're getting into. I, 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 I mean, I, again, I'm plucking this out of my ass, but, but at this point, I wonder if Pearl Jam have played that song more, more live than Neil Young has. Surely not. I don't. I don't know, but I, I, I put it to the world. Uh, we'll try and find out next week. Um, uh, so yeah. So naturally, I was inclined as to to find out who this man that the members of Pearl Jam referred to as Uncle Neil was, and yeah. um, the Godfather of Grunge. Godfather of Grunge, exactly. Mm-hmm. I quite like Grunge. I was like, I better find out who this guy is. Mm-hmm. So I bought. Uh, I didn't know whether to go with a Neil Young album or a Crazy Horse album, mm-hmm. so I bought both. Um, I bought Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere and After The Gold Rush, um, uh, nice. both at the same time. And um, yeah, just really, like, really fell for those records, particularly After The Gold Rush, which I think is just a beautiful album and it's probably, probably remains my favourite Neil Young album. Got it there on vinyl. Absolute. Sounds fucking incredible. Yeah, it would sound good on vinyl. It's absolute. Ah, it's just a beautiful record. It's brilliant. Um, And then, you know, and then, and then, brilliant. And then from that point, it's like, where do you go? You know, because he has such a fast back catalogue. You're like, where do you go from there? So I just picked up stuff that was Pearl Jam related. So like Pearl Jam, covered fucked up quite a lot so i picked up ragged glory from 1991 mm-hmm. uh whatever how oh, is it freedom that um rocking three worlds on i think it's something like that yeah that's and right. you know i probably owe of the 39 records neil young's released i probably own 10 mm. um it's more than me mate right yeah it is more than me and those 10 very I mean, there's probably of those ten. There's probably a couple that I've only ever listened to once or twice. Yeah. But then an album like uh, After the Gold Rush, I've listened to hundreds of times. So, um, it, it, I have an odd uh, admiration. It, Neil Young's a weird one for me in the sense that you know how I moan about 
bands who release basically the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, I think Neil Young has a couple of di- different iterations of himself. There's Neil Young with Crazy Horse, which is very different to Neil Young solo. Mm. Um, but it is difficult to argue that he, you, I mean, this album, Colorado, sounds like a lot of Neil Young and Crazy Horse albums. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? It sounds so much like classic Neil Young. Yeah. I mean, it's frightening. With, this, I think with Crazy Horse. With Crazy Horse, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, it sounds so much like you would expect a Neil Young Crazy Horse album to sound like. It could have been recorded in 1975. It could have. He sounds exactly the same. Yeah. All the guitar tones sound exactly the same. Yeah. Like, it really does, whether you think this is a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, I guess it depends on how much you like Neil Young, yeah, really, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it sounds so much like classic Neil Young. Like it is like a a, a time capsule that is from 1974 that has just been opened last week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's pretty mad that. Yeah, and there's something that I admire in it. I mean, this album was recorded <clears throat> in you know 11 days up in the Colorado mountains. Um, it's done almost entirely live, and I think in you know as a man who goes on and on and on about how I like live music and live things over uh, sort of pre-recorded stuff. I mean, that's that's usually in the case of actual seeing bands live, but you can tell, let, take a song like, um, what's the mega, mega, mega long one? She, oh, showed, she showed Me Love. Me love. So um, when Neil Young plays with Crazy Horse, there's always at least one song, which is them just like jamming for fucking ages. It's mm. become like, the thing now and it's track two on this one it's 13 minutes and 37 seconds um and uh i mean first of all i'll say i I was surprised i i never i those songs always outstay their welcome oh absolutely always yeah. yeah i will say with regards to she showed me love i was surprised at how long i enjoyed it for it wasn't until like the the, the beginning i'm surprised as well how it, long you enjoyed it for it, no matter how long you say to be honest well but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like it was actually the nine minute mark really where, which, is, which was the first point where i went uh, like looked at the clock and go okay this could be over now um and it is like it's remarkably repetitive. Not repetitive in the same way that Swans is repetitive, but you know, it's. But I think I it think, feels like a jam session. It feels like a jam session. I think the thing that I like about it though is it sounds like a band playing live in the room. Yeah, and you you so rarely hear that on records these days. Like, not to sound like an old man. I mean, I just did, but it's so that is so rare it's so rare to hear a band in a studio just playing all live together there's one point where the drummer forgive me i don't i can't remember his name but the drummer just stops playing during that song and then and that like as if as if the song's finished and then and then a couple of beats later he's like oh shit i start up again because we haven't finished Mm. and there's something about neil young that i kind of admire that he's willing to just be like ah we're just capturing a moment in time it mm. doesn't matter that there was a mistake there yeah we're capturing the fact that there was a mistake there yeah um i think if you can i think if you enjoy that ethos and that that uh approach then you'll get a lot out of neil young but at the same time i would understand why someone would be like why don't you just do it again then? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I, 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 really? I agree with you i mean it's a tough one 
yeah, to review it is this a tough record. Is. Because for me, from like personally, I love that it sounds the way it sounds. Yeah, I yeah. really do love the way that it sounds Same. so live and so kind of raw and so just sort of untouched. It feels like you feel like even sort of pressing play on your phone, you get kind of dirty fingers just from from listening to it. Do you know what I mean? It feels like yeah. soot comes out of the speakers while you're listening. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a great, it's, it's a dirty sounding, raw sounding, I'm glad heavy... You said, I'm glad you're saying it's of, of the ground and of mm. the earth because obviously that is a theme of this record yes. as well. Yes. Um, but, no, I do like that. I like how it sounds and I really appreciate how good ugh, Neil Young... I was say how good Neil Young sounds. Neil Young has, let's be perfectly honest here, Neil Young has a distinctive voice, Absolutely. which some people will despise and some yes. people will um, put up with. And, <laughs> oh, some people love Neil Yeah, Young's no, no, voice. some people do love Neil Young's it, voice. Like, he, he's, not, he's not a great technical singer. He's not a great technical his. singer. He is a very, very... Um, uh, okay, this is what I think. I think it helps Neil Young that he's never been a great vocalist meaning that he can still sound how he sounded back then because he never really was, technically speaking, a particularly good singer. He's got a very nasal, whiny voice. Um, and that is quite off-putting for a lot of people. Like I say, it, I've never loved his voice, but I think he has performed songs that are so good um, and he has brought his own unique style to those songs uh, in such a way that I have kind of grown to not just accept but enjoy Neil Young when he's when when he's great a great example of this I would say <clears throat> I totally agree by the way a great example of this is uh track two of after the gold rush which is the title track isn't it am I uh, going mad yeah I do you know, I can't remember off the top of my head I can't remember uh you look that up very quickly while okay. I say this. but um uh that song you his, it, is, yeah. it, it is yeah the title track so the title track of after the gold rush uh it, 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 it could be performed quote unquote better by a, a, a vocalist who had training and so on and so forth, but no version is going to be Neil Young's version because mm. there's something about the fact that he's not a great vocalist, which actually makes that song better. Yeah. That's a, that's a good example. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so he can still kind of sound almost like I say, cryogenically frozen in time. He sounds great for a 73 year old. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He does. Day. And he, he sound, sounds, and he great. sounds exactly like Neil yeah. Young. He doesn't sound like a bad croaky version no. of Neil Young. He sounds exactly like Neil yeah. Young. Um, no Bob Dylan. No crap. Here. And yeah. And you know, Bob <laughs> Dylan's a great example of someone who, again, has Dylan got a great voice? Definitely no, not. You know, not. like he's written some absolutely staggeringly brilliant songs and he has performed them in, his own unique way which means those songs are great yeah. but you know is he a great vocalist not really and you kind of either have to get past that and yeah. learn to love find a way to kind of love it otherwise you know go and listen to fucking mariah carey or something yeah um and but uh at this point i mean like i say with, with all that taken into account um i don't care much for this record i have to be honest i no. don't care much for it and um it's kind of all the things that you've said that I think are kind of positives on it um, are, are great, but it's um, it's quite hard to explain exactly what how I feel about it, really. Um, I just don't think the songs are that good. Oh, really? Okay. I just don't think the songs um, are up to it much. I think there's a few bits, like you say, the kind of the, the you know, Extinction Rebellion, the, the album. Uh, it's kind <laughs> of writ large all over this, and there's a few... 
lines in it where Neil, Neil Young can be a beautifully poetic man, but there's a few lines in this that, you know, that hang on, I saw old white men crushing mother all that shit about um, he's very on the nose with his lyrics yeah. um but um actually i read um the the guardian review of this was really good uh alexis patrice uh, i can't pronounce his name but um uh he was sort of saying it's actually in <laughs> sometimes the lyrics feel a bit basic mm-hmm. um but the the thing with neil young being on the nose is is Neil Young has such a vast audience that even though he is clearly a very liberal left-wing kind of dude himself, um, he has passed, you know, I don't think all of his audience are. No. So it's actually pretty cool that he is so kind of um, on the nose with his message and is going, no, this is what I'm saying and you can't misinterpret this kind of thing. And and I think when you're preaching to people who don't necessarily think that, I mean... There was a lot of controversy with his, I think it was his 2004 album, Living With War, mm. uh, because that was very, very anti-Bush. And there were loads of protests outside, you know, his concerts from like his um, long-term fans and stuff like that. And that's, you know, there is an argument to say, isn't that more punk than liberal left-wing punk people singing to liberal left-wing wing punk dudes yeah i guess so do you know what i mean yeah um so i admire that in a sense um i think there's a couple of songs on here which are really good although funnily enough it tends to be the ones which are more neil young rather than neil young and crazy horse Mm -hmm. such as um i really i think green and blue is a beautiful song uh is it green and blue green is blue sorry green Green is is blue. blue this is really stirring beautiful ode to planet earth believe it or not um which i think could have fitted on after the gold rush mm. um quite quite naturally um and you know just to give an idea of the on the nose lyrics it's we heard the warning calls ignored them we saw the weather change we saw the fires and floods we saw the people rise divided we fought each other while we lost our coveted prize there's so much we didn't do that we knew we had to do and we know why green is blue and you know like yeah it's simple and on the nose but it's actually quite nice Mm. yeah no you're um, right that's a, yeah, good, that's a pretty good song that's a good song that uh, and then shut it i mean actually shut it down comes afterwards and that's kind of a ludicrous song shut it down's ridiculous yeah, yeah it's pretty ludicrous <laughs> but i kind of for some way it's so ludicrous that i actually i don't mind it um later on there's one called um, rainbow of colors where it sounds like something from sesame street i think oh i like rainbow of colors yeah you i like don't it. mind it no no i don't mind it i was just like wow this is really this is almost like a kind of children's sort of um yeah, it just I was just like, he kind of sounds like something from Sesame Street. Were you, were you about to say like a nursery rhyme type thing? A little bit, well, yeah. But Neil, a lot of Neil Young's stuff is yeah. nursery rhyme mess. Like, Neil Young is not a complex. No. Like, he, he doesn't write complex songs. So many of Neil Young's, Young's songs are three chords in the truth. Mm. Like, loads of them are. Like, Rocking the Three Worlds three chords, isn't it? Yeah, it's three fucking chords. Yeah. Like almost the, the whole thing. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> rocking in the free world. Well, that's about communism, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, um, and uh, Rainbow of Colours. I mean, the message in that is brilliant. There's a rainbow of colours in the old USA. No one's going to whitewash these colours away. I mean, mm. that's direct to Trump, you know, like, fuck you and your racism, you twat. I, I like, yeah, I, I really like Rainbow of Colours. I think Rainbow of Colours is classic Neil Young and Crazy Horse. Yeah. Um, and there's a, there's a few 
moments on this record where you're like, yeah, you could slot that into one of the classic albums and it would fit really, really well. Um, it's just, as I said at the beginning of this re- review, I have 10 Neil Young, Young albums. albums mm. And I don't really know why I should add this one to my collection. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. Um, I don't think there's enough on it to make me go, oh, this is one that I need to yeah, add. I, yeah, me too. I mean, I think that that's probably... I mean, I have less Neil Young albums mm. than you. And I'm still like, I don't know that there's anything on here that I would necessarily go back to. Or even that were I to make a playlist of great Neil Young songs, I'm not even sure if anything on here would get into that. Um, I would add... Green is Blue. I'd add one or two songs from Green is Blue is probably probably the best song on it, I would say. Um, And actually, like, because I was quite surprised when thinking... Maybe it's just because I was so shocked at how much, like, a Neil Young and Crazy Horse record it sounded like. I thought Think of Me was pretty good because the first track. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, wow, this really sounds like yeah you know no I mean, it's been a while since i've listened to new neil young material so the fact that it sounded so perfectly evocative of his past work um kind of took me by surprise a little bit and i did find myself going oh great wow yeah. listen to this he sounds really fresh and you know it's got all the hallmark you know this could have been like you say plucked from <coughs> after the gold rush or whatever um but I don't know if that was just the sort of shock of that or if it's a good song. I don't mind it as a song. Um, but overall, it's not great, this record. Generally, he does... Yeah, it's it's not great, but it's not <laughs> terrible either, <coughs> I don't think. I mean, you know, I've seen a couple of reviews where I'm like, my goodness, really, it's just got five stars in The Independent, which is way OTT. Never would have happened under your watch room. <laughs> Absolutely would not. The Guardian uh, review that I referred to earlier, like summed it up really well for me and i really wanted to find my own way to say this but i'm just gonna have to it's it summed up so brilliantly um their their last paragraph says the end result is another neil young album to add to the pile of the not bad and the okay he's amassed over the last decade while a silly stream of archive releases highlight how great neil young can be at his best as good as any artist in rock history and certainly better than this yeah. and i think that sums it up pretty perfectly. Mm. And this is the thing. There are these archive bootlegs. I've referred to them on the show. You did. Yeah. When we're talking about Roy Buchanan, you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. They keep, you know, they keep going through the archive and and releasing these amazing official bootlegs. Most of which are fucking awesome. And I would probably recommend you go to one of those before getting a new Neil Young album. He's, he does still occasionally bring something out. Uh, La Noise came out, um, 20, 11 2012 something like that and that was a really interesting experimental mod. that's a good that's a really good record and and that that is one that i listened to i was like oh yeah i'm gonna get this um but <clears throat> it's quite rare now that he does that but then 39 albums in come on yeah it's fair uh, like it's fair enough it is like, fair enough yeah you know you can't argue with that can no you, you can't you know. at all it's for it not to be you know embarrassing is pretty yeah yeah and, and this record is not embarrassing it's not embarrassing yeah no. it's just you don't need it i think that's the other thing it's been no. 39 records if you're sitting here and going i've never listened to neil young maybe i listened to it like you you know this is get after the gold rush yeah, or harvest harvest or um zuma if you want crazy horse or oh it's freedom crazy russ never sleeps is great live mirable mirable yeah fantastic record i mean i'm gonna even chuck in just get the first one i had sleeps with angels i think and yeah i think sleeps with angels good. is a fair one yep. yeah 
Um, so there you go. Neil Young's Colorado, Neil Young Crazy Horses Colorado is out right now. It's all right. Uh, all right, Stake Critical Method. This is a band of Belgians. Uh, they used to be called Stake Number Eight. I used to like them very much. I didn't realise that they had changed their name. So this is sort of their fifth album. Sort of. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the, I think they would definitely consider it their debut. But, right. uh, but so, uh, that's interesting. I, I, I was, I was sort of ho hum about Stake Number Eight. I have to confess. Um, but, but I've not heard loads of Stake Number Eight. How does this differ differ to Stake Number Eight? Because it's very different, right? No, I wouldn't say it's hugely different. They're not. Hmm. I wouldn't say it's hugely. Okay, so I 2011's All Is Chaos was an album that I really, really liked. That's a second record. They were like. 16 17 when that record came out yeah and really i think young. they got quite a lot of hype um from me on the old metal hammer podcast at the time they had that song on it uh the one that goes banana banana that song is dickhead you stupid motherfucker you can suck my dick if you don't like my shit banana 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 do you remember that song no fucking great song it sounds like a system of a down b-side uh, it's good. Um, but what's <laughs> but just the way that you do it. I'm yeah, sure but, it's wonderful. But what stake number eight had, which I thought was really, really cool, um, and they didn't really follow it up after that record, but at the point of what, what I thought was cool they had was this kind of sludgy metal, um, stoner metal riffing, like one of the heavier bands from the sort of stoner metal scene. Um, I would probably... I probably won't say Mastodon, but you know what I'm talking about. Something like Red Fang, like that, mixed with the wiry punkiness of a late 80s sub-pop band. Yeah, so a Mud Honey. Sure. So like Mud Honey and Red Fang <clears throat> together. I thought that's what State Number 8 were were all about. Um, and so, you know, yeah, to be fair, uh, this doesn't sound like that. Um, Although actually, those are those are bands and those are things that I I reviewed this for Metal Hammer to mm-hmm. to be uh, to be a prick about it. <laughs> Not necessary um, to throw my cards on the table. I was going to say or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Stake Number Eight were never a band that I disliked, but a band that I, for whatever reason I just never really got into. Um, so when I was like, okay, this is stake number eight, but you know, renamed, mm-hmm. I wasn't that excited about it. And then um, it came on and I was like, this is fucking awesome. Um, because it is a sort of strange, this album specifically feels like a strange mix of sort of Queens of the Stone Age Got that. with sleep, mm-hmm. with a bit of Deftones with a bit of Mastodon, I think, here and there. And it, it just seems to take from so many different things and like sound a little bit like them for a bit and then jump onto something else and sound totally different. And I, I, I just... It's quite a difficult album to sum up, I think. It is. Uh, yeah, and I think they're fairly... I think they're a fairly, like, um, eclectic band. And I kind of think, to be honest with you, I, I particularly from that album that I was talking about before... Um, uh, all is chaos i think they they always you know they they did always have elements of all that in them i think this record definitely it's been such a long time since i listened to that record all the way through mm. i can just remember that banana song um which i'm now gonna check out oh it's wicked it's so wicked um but 
yeah, I think this is definitely a sleeker, slicker, more professional, more mature, grown up, more expertly crafted and better sounding record. Is it better full stop? Yeah. Good. Yeah, it is. Because that's what I said in the But hey, listen. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Listen, it is, but then I've not been back to that record. This is from my memory. This is a, a record that I love the kind of punky energy mixed with fat fucking riffs yeah big like ball hairy ball riffs but done in a really sort of wild aggressive way whereas this has certainly got a lot more craft it sounds cleaner but it still sounds very heavy as well yeah do you know what i mean like but it still it, rocks like a bastard oh yeah definitely and when i say cleaner uh, only because everything was bleeding out from that first record whereas this you can hear you know there's a hell of a lot of that sort of nirvana squalling feedback and yeah. again that's not totally been taken away from this record i just feel like you can pick out individual parts a lot easier yeah on this yeah. record yeah. and i think um you can hear the intricacies of it yes and they've gone and toured with mastodon and with isis and i believe they've done shows dillinger with escape, dillinger and um who else have they done shows they've done shows with uh, i was reading a thing saying they've been off on tour with all kinds of bands over the years, which I had absolutely no idea whatsoever. Was Sun? They couldn't have played with Sun, surely. Is that my imagination? That'd be uh, an interesting. It bill. may well have been my completely have been my imagination. Um, Mastodon, Dillinger, Deftones. It's got here. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, which all, all of that makes sense. <clears throat> and um, yeah, you know, at nine tracks, it's eight, isn't it? Is it, yeah, sorry, eight. Yes, you're right. Sorry, I've miscounted. Eight tracks. It's not a long record. No. Um, but it feels stuffed with ideas, doesn't and it? it? But it's got a hell of a lot of ideas on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And actually, when you say... I mean, I put Queens of Stone Age down. I put Mastodon down. I didn't put Deftones down, although I can definitely see it. Um, Hawkeyes? I, Hawkeyes. I mean, I, I actually... There's one song on it called... Torch. Sorry. Torch, yeah. Um, there's one song on it called The Human Throne, mm-hmm. which is unlike... Any def that that is definitely very different to anything that they did previously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know that feels like a big. I put it sounds like a big nineties Brit rock song. I think that sounds like um, if Three Colors Red had signed to Relapse. Yeah, which sounds brilliant. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, yeah. I like. I I I really I really love this record. <laughs> I really really like it, and I yeah. think. If we are treating this as a debut album, and I know in theory it's a bit of a cheat if it is a debut album or not, but if we are treating this as a debut album, then it's one... I, I don't think we can. You can't change your name and just... Is the is the, the, is the Cult Dreams album a debut album? Yeah. Yeah, true. I suppose you say Chicken Hawk is not the, is not the second... You know, Ideas is not the second Hawkeye album. I kind of do see... Ideas of the second, yeah. All right. Well, in a pretend world, uh, if 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 we if we were calling this a debut album, then I'd say it's one of the best debuts debut albums of the year. I, can we say that or not? I mean, um, they've not even barely changed the bloody name of the band. Like they've just taken steak is the... spelt differently. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you take kids off Code Orange Kids. Yeah, sure, Orange, sure, you, sure, you sure. didn't go like, oh, that stuff doesn't All exist. right, fine. Well, look, the point is, it's a great record. It's a good record, yeah. It doesn't diminish <laughs> the fact that this is a good record, Renfrey. I, I don't want to I don't want to sort of um, make you think that I'm saying that at all. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it just, it, 
it just it's like a, it's like a journey through all of my favorite bands this album basically like so it's devolution uh could like that's the sixth track it could end any other album it's like so massive and epic and it basically sounds like caius slowed down and playing through my bloody valentine's pedal boards yeah you know and it's just like this massive slum lumbering kind of thing and then as i said you know i've already mentioned hawkeyes and torsh and queens of the stone age and deftones and like and it sounds like all of these bands and none of them at the same time and then you've got um dosed up salvations which is the track immediately after that Mm -hmm. which is the best cavell attack song that cavell attack never wrote uh which then has a bridge that sounds like mike Patton. you know like it's it's just like but but it evokes all of these bands without directly ripping them off. And yet it's very much its own thing. And it almost sounds like it has so many ideas going on that it, it would sound a bit mixtapey. But actually, it flows incredibly well. It's about 39 minutes, eight tracks, as you said. And it just, I, I, I just think from start to finish, it's just a really, really fucking great record. Like, and I, and I, yeah, I just wanted to bring it in because I didn't know if people would know about this band or not. They're playing the social in London uh, next um, next month, which I don't think is a massive venue at I all. I don't know anything about it, to be honest. But it just it feels like to me that I mean, so, some of this stuff is really abrasive and heavy. But the the more kind of certainly that Queens of the Stone Age edge to it, which I think there is quite a lot of I, quite I think, modern Queens of the Stone Age as well. Yeah, yeah, I th- I think the lighter moments from this album i'm not suggesting this is going to happen to be super clear but i think the lighter moments of this album in a in a slightly different world could be on the radio definitely yeah um and it's really nice to get a melodic alternative rock band who properly fucking rock Mm. but um but have a sense of melody as well. I mean, there are there are times where they are just screaming their nuts out. Yeah, I mean, like, but... weirdly, uh, there, I think even to bring it to kind of more contemporary bands, there's times on this record where, I mean, we reviewed Dinosaur Pileup and St. Pierre Snake Invasion in the same week. Hmm. And there's points where you go, this could, could have gone on either of those records. Yeah, true. Absolutely. Less yeah. annoying than Dinosaur Pileup, but yeah. Um... <laughs> Uh, no but yeah that's a a very astute and and absolutely yeah very good point like and 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 yet it sounds cohesive and really really well put together Mm. um it's on um hassle records and i think hassle have history of doing these weird slightly off kilter bands that are just excellent um it's been a while since i've heard anything from hassle records to be honest yeah when i think of hassle i think of like james cleaver quintet and stuff yeah like that. i think well, of, exactly that was the sort of period and yeah. they came out around that period as well and i had there was a little period where hassle were releasing loads of really really cool bands i remember being like fucking hell this is a really good label and then they've sort of disappeared I don't, I don't even know who's on it now hmm. do you know who's on it no. Do you want me to look it up? Yes. <laughs> um, well, I mean, well, hopefully this will be some sort of resurgence. I mean, like if you take the, oh, I need to mention the last song, um, Eyes for Gold, seven minute closer. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah, that's wicked. That and is. there is a riff at the end of it, which again could have been on, I think early Queens actually, early Queens of the Stone Age, um, this, yeah. this particular riff. And the riff is just played the same way over and over again, but the drums keep doing a different pattern and like making it go into like different sort of time signatures and all sorts of different things. And it is, it is 
incredible what he is doing. He's just playing different drum parts all around this same riff. I could listen to that bit over and over again and still not be able to figure out exactly what's going on and, mm. and what he's doing. Um, but I, there are so many cool bits on this record. I just, I really love it. I mean, it, it was, yeah, I, I thought it was imperative that I bring it in for Riot Act because um, it feels like a band who... They tick a lot of boxes for yeah. us, yeah, definitely. Totally. I, I like this record a lot. It's really good. Good. Hassle, I've got Brutus. Oh, of course they do. Casey, Glue, mm-hmm. don't know them. Um, Lonely the Brave, I didn't actually realise they were still going, but he's got a good voice actor. He's a really good. Max Raptor, they've been around for a while. Um, Pace Shifters, Pagan, Petrol Girls, Fox Jaw, again, like quite a lot of Press Club, Steak, Swedish Death Candy, don't know them. Um, Wes, Wes meets West, and oh, the, Joy, the Joy Formidable. Ah, the Joy Formidable. Yeah. So that's a pretty, that's still a pretty good roster, though. It's a good roster, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but Hassel are really good. Like when Hassel get it right, they're really good at picking bands which are kind of alt rock, but really at the same time really difficult difficult mm. to pigeonhole. And I think they have done exactly that with this. With yeah. Mistake. Well, I mean, when you think like how we spoke about, I think well, the second episode we ever did was we talked about Pagan. Um, you know, we've yeah, spoken a lot about Foxjaw and Brutus in this this past year. Yeah, that seems like a, a good place for a band like this to be. Definitely. Yeah, so there yeah, you go. Yeah. All right, that's Stake's debut album. Uh, <laughs> it is not Critical Method. It's the fifth album from the band formerly known as Stake Number Eight and now currently known as Stake. And it's if it, out. If it was a debut though. Well, still good. <laughs> Get out of yourself. Um, let's, mo- <laughs> let's move on. Une Misère. Uh, this album is called Sermon. It is a debut. This is a debut album. This is a debut album. Uh, from There's the no Icelandic no metalcore crew. You happy with that? Uh, <sighs> Come on. Come on. Well, yeah. Yeah, kind of. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. What? You like it, well, don't you? Well. Mm, Which is why you won't admit that it's metalcore. Because no, <laughs> it is. It's, 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 uh, it definitely has a place. It, yeah. Okay. There's a lot of metal in it and there's a lot of hardcore in it. Right. When you see them live, they're far more like a hardcore band, I would say. They're far okay. more chaotic and all over the place. I would also say that metalcore has this connotation these days of sort of... Um, a formulaic kind of um, heavy verse uh, melodic chorus thing, which is starting to be phased out a little bit. I, yeah, I agree with that. I, I agree with the, the idea of when you say, if you were to go up, if you were to go into a rock bar or a rock club and someone said, what sort of music do you like? And you said metalcore, they probably wouldn't immediately think of this. Yes. They would think of something very different. But as we are keen to point out, or at least I am very keen to point out every time we talk about metalcore, um, I don't think it's a genre that is... Do you know what I mean? If you just took the worst of every genre or the most popular of every genre, like Snot are a new metal band. Mm. Mm. And they are. Like, I hate all new metal bands. It's all formulaic, it's rubbish. All right, well, what about Snot? What about the first two Deftones records? Mm. What about the first two Static X records? What about, you know, Demanufacture by Fear Factory? What about the first couple of Korn records? You know, every genre 
can have great bands. And yes, this is more metallic hardcore. I prefer to use the term metallic hardcore, which to me is, you know, that's what people were using when we were talking about, you know, all those kind of early Revelation records and um, uh, the Poison the Wells of this world and all those sort of bands. I like, think this has more more to do with, with that. Botch, Poison the Well, than it does with... Uh, Killswitch Engage, Atreyu. Well, definitely more than Atreyu and probably more than Killswitch Engage. But I think actually uh, we speak about Darkest Hour and we speak about Unearth and you go, "Hmm." I think there's enough. Darkest Hour, okay. I think there's enough from bands like Darkest Hour and Unearth and certainly, you know, that renounced record that we were talking about Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. ago, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Misery Signals, those kind of bands who are definitely, definitely, even, even, and I don't really like them as a band, but even early 18 Visions, Walls right. of Jericho, shit like that. I mean, Walls of Jericho are probably a bit more of a hardcore band, but certainly very, very metal in places. Um, I don't uh, think those comparisons are totally off. No. Um, the reason, I mean, there's been a lot of um, hype and excitement around this band. Um, I think particularly, basically, I saw them at Roadburn. Uh, was it this year or the year before? I can't it would have been because old um, Thomas last, Lindbergh. Yes, did yes, yeah. it was last year, yeah. And they played like four sets at, at Roadburn. And I kept missing them all weekend. And then I finally saw the, the last one. And I was really like, holy shit, this is going to go off. So basically, I've been keeping a BDI on them for a little while. And and the stuff that they'd released on Bandcamp previously, they've released a few singles and stuff. And I thought it was really, really, really interesting. A really interesting mix of um, several different styles of heavy music but blended together in a very very interesting non-formulaic i suppose i suppose when i talk about metalcore in a in a disparaging way it's because of the formulaic nature of a lot of it um i and i think unmizier showed signs of being a band who would um do that metallic hardcore thing but not in a formulaic way. Um, I think what we have with Sermon debut album, I think that is true for a large chunk of it, maybe two thirds of it. I would say, I'd say mm-hmm. it's non-formulaic, in my opinion, and and feels like it goes in um, directions that you're not expecting it to go in. Um, there are bits of it which I I will say this: the first time I heard it, I was a little bit disappointed. Because I built them up so much in my head, and I thought they were—I thought we were going to get something really quite different. And instead, what we have is a very good version of something that's sort of already going on at the moment. Um, I see a lot of like Code Orange in this and stuff. In yeah, places. there's some like electronic parts in there, isn't there? There's yeah. a little bit of like throbs of electronic uh, noise in there. I mean, you know. Um, well, then to, I, to, put, I, to, to put it into kind of context of probably where it sits, because obviously we said metalcore, but um, hardcore is not a bad shout, really, when I'm, you think of how heavy a lot of the new hardcore is. If you're th- looking at yeah. bands like Harm's Way, yeah. uh, if you look at a band like Not Loose, uh, Jesus um, Peace, Jesus Peace as well. But I probably wouldn't put them in the same category as something like See You Space Cowboy no. or Vane either. No um or we did the number 12 looks like you recently mm. probably not that either or 
it's not as uh, wildly experimental. Yeah. And eclectic, and there are bits in it. I think for what this is, yeah. Like to be honest with you, Renfrey, we've so me and Renfrey, we talk out. We don't. This is we do talk outside of this podcast sometimes about sometimes about music as well. <laughs> and we were chatting about this last week, and I was said, I'm really surprised that you are that keen to bring this record in because I would have happily just gone nas. It's all right, like it's a good metalcore record. But um, I've done that. A large part of the reason I've done that is because of the hype that's around it. Because yeah. in certain circles, the certain circles would be like, why aren't you talking about the In Mizier record? Yeah. And to give you like a little, again, a little bit of context, like I think I've probably just said, oh, it's just a quite a good metalcore record. Um, this gets better with, with every listen. I actually, I, so, I, so I reviewed this for Metal Hammer. Yeah. And I gave it too low a mark. If I, and I'm, I, I hope they, the guys at Hammer don't mind me saying that... Um, I hope they don't mind me saying this because I know sometimes Merlin's gone, why are you saying that, you idiot? Like, why are you making, <laughs> like, making this review irrelevant? But um, I think you can sort of change your mind about music, like, a little bit down the line. Yes, music's fluid and the way that we react to it is fluid. And, mm. and you know, we were talking about swans earlier today and, and I'm hoping that soon I will go back to the seer and or to be kind and it won't make me feel physically ill. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know, yeah. So, you know, That's all okay. I can say is the review that I gave it for Metal Hammer at the time that I gave it uh, was absolutely my opinion at that time. Yeah, yeah. I which do, is all you can do. I do kind of a month later, I do enjoy it more than I probably made out in that review. Do you want to say what say. you gave it in Metal Hammer? I, I gave it a six in Metal Hammer. Mm. Yeah. I so see, like yeah. a sort of above, you know, that's above average. Mm. I thought this is, you know, I, I, I thought... I've heard all basically kind of heard this stuff a lot. Mm. And again, I was, you know, I'd heard of them and I was a bit like, oh, I kind of expected something a bit more than that. So maybe that played into it a little bit as well. Mm. Um, and I wasn't immediately and immediately initially totally grabbed by a lot of it. Uh, I think it, actually to, to just to defend you ever so slightly here, mm. um, in my opinion, this album at its worst at its worst is a six um but at its best it's a very high eight i would say maybe pushing a nine um and which means that overall it's probably like a high seven low eight. yeah i mean the thing is like to be perfectly honest i would now at this point i think a seven would have been about right like i don't think this album is amazing i actually like weirdly what everything you've said about all the stuff that you're like oh when it's good and you know when it's not being formulaic and blah 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 I actually like it when it just gets down and just fucking chugs, and it is like, oh, really? hey, hey, a metalcore chug, and I think they're 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 fucking good at doing that. Ooh, I mean, I it didn't if we quite agree on the okay, yeah. So it didn't quite excite me in you know. I, I actually find some of the electronic bits a bit. Uh, what's the song that's got this sort of elect- the drum and bass? Electric- yeah, the drum uh, and bassy sort of it, um, offering. Is that it? No, offering's really really short. Yeah, I think it's beaten, beaten. Is so it that be- early on? Yeah, I think it's track six. It starts okay, with these, these drum and bass elements, which do sound very eyeless, oh, yeah, yeah. to be yeah. fair. Um, and then, but a minute later, the track it practically disappears for a bit and then just sounds all wispy and strange. And then uh, the bad stuff start up again and it turns into this really noisy thing before ending with the drum and bass thing. Yeah. Um, I think it's a brilliantly crafted song. Do you not agree? 
I think the bit in the middle is really good. I yeah. think the electronics sound a bit dated. Yeah, I, I will, I will concede that I do think the electronics sound a little bit dated. But I love the manner in which they bookend the song. They begin with the drum and bass bits and they yeah. end with the drum and bass bits. It's three minutes and twenty seconds that song, and it goes through so many different. This is what I mean by non-formulaic. You don't quite know where it's going to go next. And as I said, about a minute in, maybe one minute, ten seconds in, the song just stops, and then there's just this whispered sort of howl thing. Yeah. Um, and then it starts. Certainly, there are bits that pop out at you that you don't you don't get on the first, second, or third listen. That yeah, take a few yeah, yeah. Minutes. So the title track, for example, the drum, the snare, the the sort of the hit of the snare on that. I at first just go, oh, it's a metalcore riff, and that's it. Um, but then when you start listening to the pattern that the snare, it's a really, I can't quite explain it, but it's a really weird, like sort of pull away from the snare that he does mm. and it's actually when you start when you really listen to it and you notice that you're like fucking hell what's he doing some like yeah thomas hacker stuff do you know yeah. what I mean? some danny carey like metalcore danny carey drumming like where he's doing this weird snare part and well, I, you can't I, sort of unhear it after once you've noticed it you can't sort of unhear it yeah and you go cool that's really interesting I, so i, I get think, it i think this is the thing it it, it in my opinion a lot of modern metalcore doesn't take from a very wide um, pool of influences. Yeah. Whereas this, it feels like takes from, you know, a, a lot of the influences it takes from are extreme forms of music, but there are bits of hardcore, black metal, drum and bass, noise rock, synth wave, black gaze in this. And it's a 36 minute record and they're all done very expertly. It, it takes that journey through those using journey again but it takes that journey through those um styles in a very effective way much like the we lost the sea record in that it doesn't ever feel like it's jumping to a different bit this is mm. the drum and bass bit this is the maybe the drum and bass bit is probably the exception to that rule but um you know i i, th- I think i think it um it flows through those genres in a very hybristic liquidy manner which i think is very difficult to achieve for a band who have been together for two years mm. um and you know whilst on a, whilst when i initially listened to this i guess because my expectations are so high i was a little bit disappointed i think like you say the more you listen to it the more you realize that actually there's a lot of really really good stuff going on with this mm. album and for a debut as well i think it's important to remember and also yeah. You know, the fact, as I say, they've been together two, I think they formed, I think they formed 2017. Mm. I might be wrong on that, but 2016, 2017, you know, it's really, really impressive. There are some things I'm a bit disappointed with. When I saw them, I was like, oh, wow, this is a hardcore, metallic hardcore, whatever you want to call it, band with three guitarists in. It was really, and live, you couldn't, you know, it was just sort of, you know, noise. You couldn't really hear or distinguish between three different guitar parts. I was really excited at prospect of hearing a metallic hardcore band with three guitarists mm. and i have to say if you didn't know there were three guitarists in this band you probably wouldn't realize that so that's a bit of a disappointment for me mm-hmm. um and there are parts um it's interesting I, i'm sorry to i mean i don't know if you were saying that the title track is a good song or not but it, the title track is one for my money bar that drum bit i do know what you mean but yeah. it's one of the most meat and potatoes songs for oh me. yeah it really is but yeah. that's i mean that's what i thought immediately yeah yeah that it definitely is but i was like oh this is a metal chord. but then you know 
I think uh, in, it's cool in, they've got the drum, that drum, that's a really cool That drum, drum part's part. wicked, yeah. yeah. And I, I, to be honest with you, I, I think this album takes a couple of tracks to really get going. I think the first, Yeah, definitely. The, the second half of, of it is good, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think the first couple of tracks, mainly the first two, if I'm honest, but the first couple of tracks are really straight ahead, meat and potatoes, the sort of thing that I'm not, I don't tend to be in into. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it ends very well either, to be totally honest with you. But the stuff in the middle is really interesting and, and, and really good. And like I say, as it's a debut record. If this is, um, again, imagine if this is the worst record they ever do, mm. then that's going to be a pretty fucking great band, I yeah. think. Well, Hence I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, They could be good. I mean, like weirdly, despite all that, my favourite bits of the record are when you just get full down. I mean, I put when they go full is murder, just to annoy you, really. <laughs> who aren't even a fucking metalcore band. Actually, but there are bits where they do uh, just they, go like, gadala, 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 and, you do, and, and when that, but maybe because, you know, it doesn't have, it does, it's used fairly sparingly on this record. Yeah, the, there are thy art is murderisms in it, absolutely. I think maybe the thing that, maybe this is a good way to clarify, like, what I mean, like, when when I put a Thy Art Is Murder album on, for example, and it's quite a good example, when it, when it comes on, initially I'm like, oh, yes. My problem with Thy Art Is Murder is it stays the same for 35 minutes or 40 mm. minutes. And my point with Earn Miziere is it doesn't. It goes to lots of different places and you're not, you know, all within the framework of extreme music for the most part. But you're not quite sure ever where it's going to go until you've listened to it, you know a dozen times or whatever yeah. and and bands like thy art and um again i don't know all the ones that you named eighty divisions so on and so forth tend to have a far more formulaic approach to what they do and and, it, and it's that that bores me it's not the sound in and of itself um it's just if you if you played me a thy artist murder song i'd be like yeah i'm into this but it's it's when you get 10 put together on one album that i get a bit bored <clears throat> fair enough <laughs> You seem really despondent and annoyed. <laughs> no, no, I get it. I get it. I, I, I mean, I agree. Yeah, they're, they're not the most um, dynamically interesting of bands. Yeah. Whereas I think whereas I think this is, you know, within this field, a very dynamic album. Yeah, within, pretty, within pretty much. Yeah, I think that's kind of, yeah, it's kind of fair thing to say. I just think, um, like I say, when you get bits that it's all well and good going, oh, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try that. But often I, I, I kind of want them to work. And I think, you know, for example, the datedness of the, the datedness, the, the, yeah. the, the way that the, the, the electronics sound quite dated, I'm almost like, oh, you should have probably waited until you could do that properly. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, th- I, I think that's Because fair. actually the shit you do when you're just heads down, like you're a you're a good metalcore band. Yeah. Maybe I'm sort of like, hey, you know, like a good metalcore band is not going to fucking set the world alight or anything. But I enjoy it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can't fucking knock their, in, you know, their enthusiasm for trying to exactly. do different things. Exactly. Yeah. In fact, I'd almost say like I, I want them to go in that direction even more. And, and I, yeah, I just, me too. I, I think they should. Yeah, I just yeah. I, I hope they should just got to get better at doing it. Yeah, and I, I just hope that it'll be one of these cases where a few years on the road will um, hone them into, you know, something. I mean, look at what's happened with Employed and stuff like that. Mm. I think most people would agree, there will be some people that disagree, but most people would agree that those records are getting better because they are on the road and honing what they do and so on and so forth. And if that could happen with this band, then it could be something pretty special. Yeah, um, It wasn't, yeah, based on the live show that I saw, it wasn't quite 
what I wanted it to be. But you know, it's a debut record, and it and it and it is a very good one, I think, mm. overall. Mm. So there you go. That is a debut album from Un Misier. It's called Sermon. It's out now for all you metalcore kids. Uh, <laughs> our last record comes from Frail Body. The album is called Brief Memoriam. It is a debut album from the Rockford, Illinois punks who are bringing back Screamo. Reclaim Screamo, Renfrey, for the people. Um, this is on Death Wish, this record. Sign of quality. So probably going to be good right yeah um spoiler alert it is. <laughs> yeah so uh spoiler yeah it's fucking great um this is uh an album as i said a debut record um very quickly they do call it an lp blah 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 it's only 21 minutes thing 21 minutes and seven it's seven tracks. songs right is it so, an lp is it an ep well Just you know, pen. yeah it's, an, it's still an album i think if they're saying it's an album it's an album i mean they're Bad saying which is an album, album. Uh, that's longer than 20 minutes. Well, uh, which one? Which one? Bad Witch by Nights Nails. That's only... Oh, but that's an EP. Well, we've had this discussion already. It's an EP. Sorry, Trent. It's an EP. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, <laughs> Renfrew, I brought this in. You did. I'm very glad you did. It's good, isn't it? Um, Fucking great. Screamo. Uh, shout out Simon Young for inventing Screamo, the godfather of Screamo. Uh, it's a, you know, it's a good name. And uh, again, it feels like we have had a lot of records over the past month or so where we have mentioned a similar type of band that we both loved from a certain period, that being the late 90s into the early noughties from the worlds of hardcore and emo. Talking about Hope's Fall. Plane mistaken for stars. Yeah. uh, Thursday to a degree. Thursday, Small Brown Bike. Victory Records. Um, Victory Records. Yeah, that kind of stuff. That's a label, not a band. Yeah, that, that kind of label. Um, Jade Tree. Jade Tree, yes. Uh, no. Although that's, re- like, again, Revelation Records, all Revelation bands, um, great days. And it kind of turned into something else for a really, really long time. And turned into something quite poo for quite a long could, time. Yeah, both Metalcore and Emo, Screamo, whatever you want to call it. You know, the, 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 the big, the boom years, the kind of the big mainstream years have turned those genre names into you know emo screamo metalcore have been turned they're into derided, dirty words they? they're yeah. kind of derided dirty yeah. words they're kind of thought of in a lot of ways um or they were kind of if you go back about four years to me they were thought of in the same way as like new metal was thought in about 2008 even like i got the promo for this and it was described as screamo and i was like oh you might you're you're like you don't want to describe yourself as screamo in this day and age although but then but then this is screamo but just done really well yeah you know again but yeah. like but again so evocative of that period of time tonally um what's the song where it just starts off i think your death your death makes me wish heaven was real the second track on the record which is fucking great title absolutely great title absolutely great song brilliant song and has got this like kind of jangly guitar part mm. that Sounds so much like it could have been taken out of a, like I say, a Planes Mistaken for Stars album. Mm-hmm. I got this and I heard it straight away. And the day I heard it, I messaged you and I went, I think we have to cover this. Now, even yeah. though it was a busy week, I went, I think we have to cover this. I think we have to. And, I'm, and, and, and initially I was like, <clears throat> and I'm really glad you did. Yeah. So you like this, right? I really like it. It's Go on really then. Good. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, you mentioned your death makes <clears throat> me wish heaven was real. 
Well, no, let's actually, let's just start with the first track, Pastel. So, like, there's the brief bit of, like, um, unplugged electric guitar being played. And it's like, mm. oh, well, this is nice. Oh, like, mm. tune my ears to this. And then it just fucking comes out of the tracks and just it, uh, in a flurry of, like, white noise. And the, and the screams that come from Lowell Schaefer uh, are white-hot, searing, throat-shredding like, screams. If you can imagine an angrier-sounding... Uh, blood brothers oh yeah great show yeah yeah like because really the guys from the blood brothers were quite were almost a bit stingy hipster when they weren't like they it's kind of a bit singy even though they're those weird sort of high-pitched voices this is that hype but like yeah like proper screeching screaming like furious this is a an angry record like yeah, don't yeah, be yeah. fooled by going screamo is it going to be like finch or something nah this is this is abrasive, hmm. an yeah. abrasive, acidic sounding record. But it is, but it's, it, it, it's, you know, it's 21 minutes long, 21 and a half minutes long, but it, it also has a lot, it has a lot of depth to it. And hmm. it is, you know, again, dynamic. Um, there are clean guitar parts in it. Yeah. As you say, you know, there are parts where everything just sort of cuts out and it is just quite quiet. And there are sung melodic parts and the sung melodic parts are really good. Yeah. It's not always the case with screamo bands because, you know, sometimes they can scream really well, but can't really sing. That's mm-hmm. not the case here at all. They sound absolutely um, brilliant um, singing. And um, it's, it's, yeah, I just, it just, yeah, it reminds me of the 2000s and I like it. <laughs> I really, really like it. Um, uh, I don't know. Take, Take, take over. <laughs> take over. All right. Um, I really like it. It's really good. Yeah. No. I mean, I, to me, again, you know, um, with, at the, without with the at the risk of kind of repeating ourselves again and again and again, having got Sea Space Cowboy and having got um, uh, what else do we renounced and you know having got this as well, I'm really glad that they're seems to be a school of bands a school of young bands who are interested in you know taking looking past just looking the past years. the last few years and actually taking influence from something that happened a long time ago and not even just going oh you know the commercial you know wasn't it great when kill switch engage got big wasn't it great when you know thursday got big and actually going no no no, no we can go before that we can go to a point, you know, in the kind of late 90s where this was really super underground music. And I think it shows because none of those bands have any kind of... Commercial appeal? Commer- yeah, they don't have any commercial appeal. Thursday they, they, was probably the closest. Yeah. And, but, and, you know, it didn't really happen. No, them. not really, no. And They got signed to Ireland, but they <clears> released <throat> War All The Time, which is an album which I think has been reappraised these days. It's a great not, record. Yeah, I've not really got back to it, but um, um, I always loved it. Always, okay. always, always loved it. Fair, yeah. fair. I'm, I mean, I'm a full collapse guy, but um, but you know, there was a big thing around. I mean, I remember Krang were definitely like, oh, Thursday are going to be the next big mm. band. They probably compare them to Nirvana at some point, and um, yeah, it just didn't didn't happen at yeah. all. Was really. at the drive-in sort of opened the floodgates for a lot of those bands? That's I right. think yeah, it yeah. was at the drive-in, and then you know, uh, it, it was this kind of polymorphous thing wasn't it that you didn't really know what emo and screamo and hardcore you know because no because there was no you know you were talking before about the formulaic nature of what those scenes became it soon became very clear what you were if you're an emo band soon became very you know was you were basically a pop punk band as far as i could tell but with maybe with makeup on and 
if you were a screamo band, you were. Oh, I don't know. I mean, who was that? Yeah, well, Finch. Finch were one, weren't mm. they? Finch were like kind of emo, but they had a bit of shouting or whatever. Mm. And and if you're a metalcore band, it was it was Killswitch Engage and it yep. was Atreyu and those sort of bands. Um, whereas pre that, it was like, okay, so there's Thursday and there's Hundred Reasons and there's Rival Schools and there's almost Lost Profits for a little bit as well. Yeah, yeah, early it. Lost Funeral Profits, for a friend. Yeah. And, you know, there were a lot of, you know, and, and then you were getting bands like the Icarus Line and yeah. Dillinger and people didn't and, and converge as well. And nobody really knew a Poison the Well. Were Poison the Well a metalcore band or they, you know, they got an emo bits in it? They're kind of screamo. Grade, you know, Grade got metal riffs, but they kind of sound like a, a traditional sort of hardcore punk band, like a bit like more like a veil or this fat yeah. wreck thing. But then they've got singing, they've got screaming on top of it. And all of it felt like... A very fluid hybrid that you couldn't go we can neatly put you into that box, this box and thrice box. Yeah. Not thrice. Um, you know, as I said, ironically thrice did get there. Ironically thrice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, yeah, it was, it was a far more kind of, uh, yeah. Fluid is the word that I want to keep going back to. Yeah. It's a difficult scene to describe, isn't it? It is a difficult scene to describe, but I think what's cool about it is that you're now looking at it. And I, I feel the same way about frail body alongside, uh, harm's way and code orange and vain and see you space cowboy and yeah. even not loose like you know we've not talked about that like people love that not loose record they really do like they love that not loose record yeah and it's it's a quite a good record i think it's a good record like you know what yeah. i mean i gave it a good review and a good score in hammer i've not really gone back to it to be perfectly honest because i think you know, I, think, I think most of the releases we've covered on this record that that are related to it are better. Yeah, me uh, too. On, on this podcast, to be yeah, honest. I, I, but, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah you know, gift from God, from uh, God. Yeah. Would, would be another one. And you know, they do all seem to share this kind of kindred spirit, like reverence for that period of time. And I think that's really cool. And this record definitely does that. Oh, yeah. It's definitely got that in there. It's and really it's evocative of that time. Really, really evocative. And again, like you say, when when <laughs> when I saw it, because I, I looked at the press notes, and I was like, oh, you're a screamo band, are you? And I thought, mm. oh, God. Mm. And then I saw it was on Death Wish, and I thought, well, okay, yeah. it's going to be something more than that. Yeah. And... I maybe kind of thought it was going to be more emo. Like, don't, you know, don't be fooled. This is, like you say, when this is heavy... Oh, it's this record is really, really, really harsh. White hot yeah. is, is is the, I was going to say word. Phrase. I would say it is, you know, in a week when we had Swans and Un Misiere, a sort of very heavy metalcore band, and oh, we yeah. also had Stake. At its most blistering, this is the most sonically like, ah, Ooh. I get out of anything this week. Um, yes, yes. At, at its peak sonicness mm. yes yeah not overall but yes not overall but i think so yeah you know um it's really good yeah i i really i really love it and i implore implore employ implore implore <sighs> dear me uh it's called <laughs> <laughs> implore people to go out and uh, listen to it that's what i was trying to say yeah well yeah you should you should listen to it 
Uh, it's called A Brief Memoriam. It's by Frail Body. It's a debut record. It's Screamo. And it's good. It's out right now. Um, and that's it. We will be back next week. We were going to do Trade Off, but, you know, it's been a pretty mental uh, few weeks. So we will probably bring that back in three weeks' time. Because we'll we're going to be doing... Try, uh... We are going to be doing catch-up shows. We're doing a couple of catch-up shows. Uh, just as a reminder, Renfrew's going to have Brand of Sacrifice by God Hand. Uh, mm. or... I've heard that record a couple of times already. And... Have you? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. What did you give me? Don't even know, do you? I can't fucking remember. You t- fucking scumbag. <laughs> you t- uh, scumbag. Uh, yeah, so anyway, next week, here's what's going to happen. Next week, Renfrey is going to pick 10 records. And they will be his catch-up records. We've decided, yeah, we've decided a little uh, change to the catch-up thing. We'll do it so that I I have a week, then Steve has a week. And, um, yeah, we'll, then, probably, we'll uh, just do two catch-up episodes. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Because, you know, we could like we could be playing catch-up for the next fucking three months if we really wanted to, but yeah. we don't. Um, and then we'll probably go into some... We'll start doing Christmassy bits. And Christmassy bits, bits and bobs. It's yeah. beginning to look a lot like Christmas. <laughs> Everywhere you go. That's the world's angriest guitar player. Oh, right. <laughs> Love that guy. I was wondering what you doing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that guy's amazing. He's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Do you like it when he go when he well I just did it when he hit his own hand. <laughs> yes, I do. I was I was wondering what you were doing because it looked very um auspicious. Auspicious, I don't know. John, I'm you tired. dropped your guitar. I don't give a shit. This <laughs> fucking wrist is doing my pissing at him. <laughs> He's not even trying to play anything that hard. Like, what's he playing? This is an illusion. Save me the river. <laughs> I think it's Wonderwall. I don't know. No. But yeah. Uh, He's wearing so a Death be... t-shirt at one point as well, that guy. <laughs> Go look him up. The world's angriest guitar player. Oh, it's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was, that's next week, right? What, the world's angriest guitar player? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's next week. Um, we'll be doing Renfrey's catch-up show. Uh, thanks very much to the guys at musicism.net. You can go over there if you want to improve your, uh, yourself as a guitarist. <laughs> And and get 25% of your courses when you put the code RIOT in the checkout in capitals. We'll see you next week. Riot, one R, not several R's. Riot. (laughs) Riot. Uh, We'll see you next week for more laughs. Bye.